Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, some housekeeping, first of all. Um, there's no fire alarms due this afternoon, so if you do hear a fire alarm, if you could make your way down out through that door and right down the steps outside. Um, can I just remind you to turn off your mobile phones, please? Thank you very much. Um, first item is the minutes of, to consider the minutes of the previous meeting. Sorry, uh, I think we have apologies and declarations first. You are quite right. Thank you very much. I'm getting too, I'm too eager. Um, thank you very much. Um, could I have apologies for absence and any declarations of interest? Apologies? Any apologies? First of all, no? No apologies. No apologies. Um, declarations of interest. Thank you. Councillor Freeman, thank you very much for turning round. Saffron Warden, member of Saffron Warden Town Council. Councillor Fearhurst. Member of Staff and Walden Town Council and Cabinet Member for Business and Economics. Thank you. Councillor Gerard, sorry. Um, I am the Cabinet for uh, Communities. Uh, I'm a member of the Newport Parish Council for item number six and a uh, member of the um, Newport Quentin Rickling Steering Group uh, for the uh, item number three. Thank you very much. <coughs> Councillor Pudders. Agenda item three, the architect is doing some work for me. Thank you very much. Council. Oh. Member of Henham Parish Council. Thank you very much. Councillor Bagnall. Uh, I'm a member of Tightley Parish Council. Thank you. And Councillor Stoyer. Chair, with regard to item four, I was the planning consultant at the time working for Saffron Town Council and the local residents group, so I will leave the chamber for that item. Thank you very much. Oh, terribly sorry. That's all right. I'm only small. <laughs> um, I'm a member of the 100 Parishes Society. Thank you very much. <coughs> so, thank you. So, moving on now, the minutes of the to consider the minutes of the previous meeting. Councillor Fairhurst. I move that be adopted as read. Thank you very much. I have a second. Thank you, Councillor Gerard. Yes, I'll, I'll do them afterwards. I'll do them afterwards. Thank you very much. So we'll move on to the, the first item, um, which is UTT 19.004 at Parkview and Pleasant View in Brickhill Lane in Rickling Green. We have two speakers. Um, Madam Chair, we need to vote on the adoption of minutes. You will excuse me. Thank you very much. This is my first time doing this, and I did forget. So, and I, I don't know why, because I do this in Stebbing Parish Council, as I have done this in Stebbing Parish Council previously. So, um, um, could we take the vote on agreeing to the minutes of the previous meeting? Thank you. Yes, the ones who are here. Thank you. Right. So, do I need to go through that again, or do I need no, to say all this again? You're onto it. Uh, onto it now. Okay. Thank you. Um, we have two public speakers, Councillor Hargreaves. Yeah. So the starting point is the. Sorry. No. Sorry, right. Chairman. The, the starting point is the to introduce the item, and then the case okay. officer will do a brief presentation. You didn't tell me that, did you? No. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. The site is located off Brickkiln Lane, Rickling Green, and contains two detached bungalows. 
the application is for planning permission to demolish the bungalows and erect two houses in their place. This slide shows the proposed street scene, illustrating the relationship with neighbouring houses on the left. And for the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that planning permission be granted. Now we have the public speakers, um, Councillor Hargreaves and Peter Perkis. So, Councillor Hargreaves, if you'd like to come up. Thank you. And Councillor Hargreaves has five minutes to speak. Thank you, and, and uh, welcome to the new committee and the overturning members of the committee. Um, I hope you have a good time here. Um, <coughs> the issue here, I'm not speaking for or against the application, uh, it's a request. Uh, the issue here is the impact on the landscape and the impacts, we've seen it this morning, on the incoming viewers are coming in uh, to the village. Um, as a general explanation about our area, whole, whole district, our, uh, our landscape is, is the combination of the topography and the villages, the settlements, is I think it doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. And typically what you get is you either get the upland bits with the villages in the bottom and the valleys, and all you can see is just when you're at the top, you just see the tops of the churches and nothing else. And this particular area you looked at this morning, that's a slightly different landscape. That's a big, uh, wide open, big skies spot. And again, if you're going into the village, if you look to the left, you would just see a Rickling village. You would just see the top of the church and nothing else. Behind you, I think Rickling Hall, Tudor, hidden in the valley at the bottom. As you come into the villages, normally they're, they're hidden behind trees and they start small and they go up. So the attraction is this glimpse as you, as you come in to, to our settlements. Now this one is replacing a bungalow, which is nothing special, with a two-storey house. You can argue it's not two storeys, but it's a, it's a big slab of a thing, which you would see on the right-hand side, up on a higher bit, of, bit of, of land. So the request here is, if you are minded to approve this, that you put specific landscape conditions in. If you look in your pack, you'd find when you get down to the conditions, it's, I think it's condition three, don't know if you bother looked at it, it is just a generic pasting. This is what a landscape condition should be, and it will just be agreed by officers later on. So what I'm suggesting, please, is if you mind to approve that we have a condition which says the landscaping needs to basically hide these houses from the incoming view. That means having a decent height of hedge. That means probably having specimen trees. The sort of thing I'm envisaging is just seeing the tops of the the houses but, but, but no more. So that's the first request, you actually have a specific condition within the landscape to actually properly camouflage them. The second one is in that condition, can it please be specified no fences on the outside, no point putting lovely hedgerows up and then sticking a two metre high wooden fence which is you know, a bit prison like as you've also I think seen this morning elsewhere. So fences if you want them, put them on the inside not the outside. And the third thing, please, is the generic condition says these conditions are only to last for five years. That means any owner at the end of five years can strip the whole lot out and there is nothing anyone can do about it. They won't be TPO, it's not a listed building. 
you can rip the lot out. So may I suggest that perhaps this should be 25 years and not five years. And of course, there's always a condition in there that says if you want it altered at any time, you can apply to the council to, to have the thing changed if, if it becomes, for whatever reason, unreasonable. So there we are. Uh, it's an opportunity. It's three things. Landscaping, which will camouflage this, make it actually, I think, improve the view there. No fences on the outside. And please make it for a decent length of time and not five, five years. So uh, an opportunity to improve, slightly improve our world. Um, I rest my case. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Mr. Perkis, please. Thank you. Mr. Perkis, you have three minutes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, Chair and members of the Planning Committee. Um, my name is Peter Perkis. I'm a local architect with Donald Perkis and Associates uh, in Saffron Walden. Um, this proposal seeks permission for the de demolition of the existing two nondescript bungalows and the erection of two detached one-and-a-half-storey dwellings utilising their existing accesses. Two previous applications were refused for the erection of four and subsequently three to replace the two bungalows. The first application proposed two pairs of three-bedroom semi-detached houses and the second one pair of semi-detached houses and one detached. Whilst there was support for smaller three-bedroomed houses from the parish councils, these schemes were refused by um, Uttlesford District Council. Um, these uh, applications were appealed and the inspector dismissed uh, the appeal on the grounds, and I quote, of limited and cramped plot sizes compared to the surrounding cluster. He did not, however, consider that the height and scale was inappropriate nor the design. The character of design for the previously submitted schemes was similar to the current proposals and the appeal inspector stated both appeal schemes would have a similar design and appearance to the properties at San Sinmian and Rosella, which are the ones next door. Given the variety of architectural character, this would not look out of place within the cluster. The height of the properties at one and a half storeys would be consistent with the existing properties within the cluster. He went on to say that, and I quote, the use of sympathetic materials for the houses and garages and the reinforcement of planting in both schemes would present a rural appearance rather than a suburban one. The boundary vegetation and a greater setback from the road than the existing bungalows would help to soften the prominence of the development in either scheme. It is clear from his statement that he had no problem with the character of the design. His concern was the intensification of the development on the site that would result in a cramped development. Um, we took his comments into consideration and these are reflected in the current proposals. The proposals are for two four-bedroom family houses with single garages. They utilise the existing access and are set back further from the road than the existing bungalows. They have generous gardens compatible with neighbouring properties. They are designed within the tradition of the Essex historic building vernacular with steep pitch roofs, small spans between four and a half and five and a half metres, eaves at both single storey level and one and a half storey level. 
and have a total roof height slightly less than the recently built replacement houses adjacent. That sounds in the end. Um, the dwellings have been designed... Uh, I beg your pardon. Um, the dwellings are set within the... If you could finish up, Mr... OK, thank you. Um, thank you. Oh. Uh, uh, for all these reasons, I concur with the officer's view that the proposal accords with the local and national planning policy. Uh, and I would urge members to grant the planning permission. Um, with regard to the previous speaker, um, I've hoped the additional photo montages that you saw this morning and when you saw the site are helpful. Um, and we're, uh, 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 we totally agree that fences would be out of place in, in relation to this development and are happy to have landscaping conditions because that's exactly what we would like to uh, preserve as well. As you know, there's a proposal you, to... Thank you, Mr Perkis. Thank you, if you could finish now. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. If I can open this up to the floor now. Councillor Gerard. Thank you, Chair. Um, if I could ask Mr Mills to put up the uh, photographs of the view coming in from Clavering, please. It's quite pertinent to this application. Yeah, sorry, those, um, so those images that you'd... Are you referring to the images that the applicant sent around before the meeting? Yeah. 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 Sure, okay. Uh, well, they're not in the slide because they only arrived... Um, in the last couple of days and the presentation slides have already been done. Um, but, I mean, the comments will still be just as valid without them on the screen. Okay. Right, so when you come in to Rickling from uh, Clavering, coming in from the right-hand side of the screen as you're looking at there, uh, this is the first thing that we see, and in that image, um, this is, site is on the right-hand side, and there is hedging at the moment, there is various trees and bushes and hedges along that side there, which actually blocks most of what is currently there at the moment. I think what Councillor Hargreaves mentioned earlier regarding the um, landscaping condition is very, very pertinent. It's one of the main reasons why I called this in. I, I do think that if members were minded to approve this application, that a strong... Um, condition, landscaping condition, because of course you build these houses, you sell the house, the next person decides to knock down the hedges, there's no listed trees, there's, there's no TPOs. One could argue that the person, the next owner of that house might want to have a nice open view onto the, onto the open fields. So I think we, we do need to have, um, I would agree, if possible, a 25-year or more condition, landscaping condition, so that we do protect that, um, that vista. That's the first thing I'd like to say. Um, the second thing I'd like to say, Chair, is that um, we are obviously dealing with something that is on the, on the edge of Rickling uh, Village. Um, we are replacing two small bungalows with two large houses. Appreciate that there's precedent next door with the two houses recently built, which, in my opinion, probably may or may not, or rather should or should not have been granted, but that's history. Um, I do think it's important that we consider uh, the, uh, the size of the houses. 
the design and certainly the height. And there was some um, ideas on the site visit this morning that possibly one could possibly maybe amend the levels to just bring those down slightly because they are on a slightly raised uh, elevation. You can't quite see it there, but there is, a, there is a, a, an elevation that goes up. Um, and so as one comes into the village from Clavering, these are raised. So I'd just like to, to let other members have a chance to have a chat about that because I think it's important. Thank you. Councillor Storer. Thank you, Chair. When I read the officer's report, I was motivated to um, go to one or two planning documents and uh, read them, see what they said about this. And I made a few notes from them. I, I thought it may be relevant to me in taking a decision on this, and I have them before me certain extracts. But rest assured, I've kept an open mind throughout because I didn't see the site until this morning. In fact, even on, on Google Earth, you don't get a good impression of the reality at the moment because the two new houses adjacent don't feature what you see is the two former uh, semi-detached bungalows. You will know from the meeting we had this time last week next door um, with the specialist consultants what my views are on the planning decision taking process and that is I think we should adhere to the process as specified in legislation which is that the decisions must be made in accordance with the development plan unless material considerations indicate otherwise. I think in so doing, what we end up with is a, as clear a route as is possible to have in terms of that decision making, because that highlights the particular issues which might be open to different interpretations uh, officers, members having different opinions. And that, I think, is helpful to all concerned, helpful to us as members, to the public reading the document, and, of course, to planning inspectors. Why do I say this? Because I think our reports could benefit from following more closely to that procedure. At the moment, I would compare some of the reports um, like pieces of a jigsaw and that they are good, they are good pieces of information but they are not put together as perhaps they might be in order to give the best and indeed an accurate picture of the situation and what I am about to tell you now about my thoughts on this demonstrate that fact perfectly so let me go back to the decision-taking process in accordance with the development plan unless material considerations indicate otherwise. What is the, the development plan in this instance? It's the adopted local plan of 2005. And to my mind, there are three relevant policies. First is policy S7, the countryside. That's because this site is outside of development limits. It is, therefore, in the countryside. 
And the next policy I'm going to refer you to is H7, replacement dwellings. Now, this is important. The inspector uh, that has been referred to by Mr. Perkis said in dismissing the two previous appeals on this site, I know that policy H7 of the local plan and the supporting supplementary planning document allows for replacement dwellings. But both appeal schemes involve an increase in the number of dwellings within the site. So what we're dealing with now is very different to what that inspector was dealing with. We're not talking about replacing two dwellings with three or two with four. We're talking about replacing two with two. Hence, this policy applies. What does it say? It says this. Outside development limits, a replacement dwelling will not be permitted unless through its location, appearance and associated scheme of landscape enhancement, it would protect or enhance the, the particular character of the countryside in which it is set. I'm going to urge members to consider what they saw this morning. Just think about what was the character of the countryside that we saw. That group of housing on the edge of the hamlet and the surrounding fields. What was the character of it? And to what extent would two new dwellings, two-storey, one and a half, call them what you will, to what extent would they protect or enhance that particular character? Now, I don't think they would, basically, because I think, almost by definition, those two existing bungalows form part of the character of that particular locality. So, in my view, the proposed development is contrary to that particular policy. I move on now to the third policy, which is Gen 2 Design. That states, development will not be permitted unless its design has regard to adopted supplementary planning documents. There is the one to which the inspector referred, as I've just quoted, and that is a supplementary planning document replacement dwellings, which was adopted in September of 2006. Now, members, a lot of you are new and don't know, probably won't know, the meaning of the term supplementary planning documents. The National Planning Policy Framework defines them as documents which add further detail to the policies in the development plan. And it states that development planning documents are capable of being a material consideration in planning decisions, but are not part of the development plan. Okay, so what does this supplementary planning document say? Well, at paragraph 5, it says, The Council is keen to make sure that replacement dwellings are a similar size to the existing dwelling and take account of local building character and the setting. 
And you will, I'm sure, recall that this morning, on site, I asked Mr Mills what the size of the existing bungalows are, because they're a different size, and of the two houses, and he, not surprisingly, couldn't answer the question, because I'd looked through the documentation and couldn't answer the question either. But, and I'm going to make an assumption, we're talking two stories, as I say, in terms of floor space, even if they just cover the same footprint, we're talking houses that are twice the size of those existing. Question for you. Is that a similar size to the existing? Is double the size similar? Do they take account of the local building character and the setting? Well, in my view, it could be argued that they would, to a degree, reflect that of the, the building character of the two new houses adjacent, but with the setting, considering it's surrounded by fields, then in my view, no it doesn't. So I would say it doesn't comply with paragraph 5. Paragraph 12 of that document states this. The council will only usually grant planning permission for the replacement of buildings which are lawful, structurally unsound, or poorly constructed. Now, insofar as I'm aware, these two buildings are not unlawful. Neither have I seen anything to indicate that either or both are structurally unsound or poorly constructed. So to my mind, again, the proposals do not comply with that statement. It does, however, say the word usually. The Council will only usually grant planning permission. So there is perhaps an exception to that, should you wish to grant permission. That paragraph goes on to say, a replacement will only be allowed where the existing building does not make a positive contribution to the local character of the area and where the replacement will, will result in a visual improvement to the site and the surrounding area. Now, let me go back and break that down. A replacement will only be allowed where the existing building does not make a positive contribution to the local character of the area. You've seen the houses this morning. Do they contribute positively to the local character of the area? As I said before, I think almost by definition, yes, they do. They are part of the character of the area, and it's, to my mind, reasonably attractive. It's what I might expect to see entering a hamlet such as that from um, along the road with uh, fields either side. But that goes on to say and where the replacement will result in a visual improvement to the site and the surrounding area. Will the two new houses result in a visual improvement of the site? Well, arguably, yes, maybe. One of the, houses, one of the existing houses could do with a lick of paint, perhaps, at the moment. But apart from that, they're okay. But nonetheless, if you had new houses, that would could be argued that would be a visual improvement 
But that, by the same token, that would mean that any house could be replaced by a new one and it would be better. And again, going on to the, and the surrounding area, would the result in a visual improvement to the surrounding area? No. I think that's been made quite clear by um, Councillor Hargreaves, Councillor Gerard, that people are apprehensive about the approach or what they will see in approaching this hamlet through the countryside. So again, I don't think uh, the proposals comply with paragraph 12. That inspector, in dismissing the appeals, did say that the existing bungalows have limited architectural merit and could be replaced. That's true. But that's not the test here. The test is, do they make a positive contribution to the local character of the area? And my view is that they do. Last point on this is paragraph, what is stated in paragraph 17. Outside development limits, development is generally more strictly controlled in order to protect the countryside. So this document is very serious about limiting the impact of the countryside. It is not favouring and enabling the replacement of small houses by big ones, just because, it's, to my mind, it seems to be doing the exact opposite. Now, going back to what I was saying about the pieces of the jigsaw... Excuse me, Councillor Stora. Um, could you sort of... I will finish in a moment, Thank Madam. You. Thank you very much. The with regard to the pieces of the jigsaw, I was disappointed to see that the report, it referred to this SPD, the supplementary planning document, but that's all, it didn't say what it said. Personally, I can't see the point of that. But it did, however, refer to several paragraphs of the National Planning Policy Framework, none of which seem relevant to me. So on the basis of my view, I think this development should be refused because it's contrary to policy and material considerations do not indicate otherwise. And, Chair, when the time comes, when it's appropriate, and I'm in your hands on that, I would like to recommend it be refused for those two reasons. And if it helps officers, I'd be glad to suggest a form of wording to substantiate that. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Stora. Um, Councillor Freeman? Yes, thank you, Chairman. Madam, Madam Chairman. <clears throat> I, actually, Alan, Councillor Storr, has said everything that needs to be said. The only addition I would make to that is that at the moment there are two bungalows. Bungalows are very rare creatures. They're almost extinct. Um, and if somebody wanted to have uh, a one-storey house in the countryside, actually they're not going to get those. Of course, they're being turned into five-bedroom dwellings. Uh, and it is a sort of mission creep in terms of these gigantic houses that find their ways around the, around the extremities of our, of our settlements. Uh, nothing wrong with replacing them with modern bungalows or something rather similar, one story perhaps, but these I think are overdevelopment and also because of the rising nature of the land, although the height may be the same as the two houses in existence to the left, the actual altitude, for want of a better word, would be higher by about a metre or so. Uh, and that could be conditioned. You could condition to bring it down to the same altitude, for want of a better word. Uh, but 
Uh, I think that it is overdevelopment, and I think that this, uh, I, I certainly am mindful of refusing this application. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Fearhurst? No. Thank you, Madam Chair. I'll be brief. We are some of our new here, but uh, I think all was said. We are here as a, as, a, as a body primarily to protect and enhance. And that goes to the character. Size does matter. And so I would happily second that proposal, the time comes, on the basis of S7. I have a problem with 11.1, which says that as there will be no increase in the number, the S7 doesn't apply. It really does matter. It does matter. It's a question of, of size, and we have to protect. And sometimes we've got to ask ourselves, is, is a larger house as good or as important as an entry to a village? So I would refuse this. Is there, is there anybody else? No? So, should we move to Councillor Stora? You, would you like to propose? Yes, I would propose uh, refusal, uh, Madam Chairman. Uh, it's been contrary for, for two reasons. Uh, two policies, policy 8-7 replacement dwellings and policy gen 2 design. And so I would expand the second one to quote the supplementary planning document. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to say the same thing. You want to include sorry. the SPD as part of the review? I'm sorry, I can't struggle into here. Sorry, you, you, I'm just going to come in and say, do you want to include the supplementary planning document as part of the refusal? I'm assuming you do. I'd welcome your opinion on that because I say I quoted the policy. Yeah. The policy referred to supplementary planning documents. Yeah. So it could be either a material consideration or it could flow, in my mind, it could flow directly from that statement in policy Gen 2. It probably could. I mean, now, that was a straight question. My view is I think refusing it on policy H7 is sufficient because it can lead to the SPD if required as a material consideration. But, yeah, H7 is enough to hang it on. Okay. And Councillor Fearhurst has a second. Thank you. Could we vote on that, please? Could we vote on that? We go yes, we have. Councillor Fearhurst. Sorry, the proposal was to refuse planning permission, so the, the, that will be what the vote would be on that proposal. Yes. Could we take a vote on that, please? In favour of the refusing. And again? Yes, and against? Okay. Thank you. That matter was refused. Thank you. Councillor Stora, are you withdrawing now? Councillor Storer, are you going to withdraw now? Yes, indeed. Yes. I'm going to beg your pardon.
consider UTT 182959 DFO on land east of Little Walden Road in Saffron Walden. Um, and else? Thank you, Chair. The site comprises approximately four Sorry, and a half. Chairman. Oh. Uh, our agenda. We and have a reference of UTT 162210. That was the outline permission. So the title of the report yes, does have the correct. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. Yes, but that was what's on the agenda. Okay. Um, so the site comprises approximately four and a half hectares of undeveloped agricultural land to the east of Little Walden Road, Saffron Walden. The application is for the approval of reserved matters following a grant of outline planning permission at appeal for up to 85 dwellings. The scheme includes a variety of house types, two public open spaces, I'll show those here, one there, one there, a single vehicular access from Little Walden Road and a pedestrian cycle link to St Mary's View. This slide shows some example street scenes which illustrate the traditional design approach for the development. The houses shown at the top would be at the front of the site, facing Little Walden Road. Those at the bottom would be in the centre. For the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that reserve matters approval be granted. Madam Chair, I, I wonder if we can get a slightly more clear version. I'm battling to see the outlines of the entrances and exits. It's very, very blurred from where I'm sitting. I mean, well, that is the best we could do, unfortunately. I mean, we, um, we didn't have any artist impressions or, or visualisations from the applicants, so we've had to just go with the site plan for the slides. Um, yeah, we didn't have any coloured ones either. This is what, all, all that was offered. Thank you. Just to clarify that, we have been asking the applicant to do that because we knew we would be in this position, but... <laughs> Madam Chair, this is quite important. We're not in a position to make a decision from where I'm sitting. I can't see where the roads go. Maybe I'm going blind and not noticing it, but I can't see it. Can we, can we let it run with the public speakers? Continue with the public speakers and then continue into the discussion. Because I Um, okay, um, we have four public speakers. Um, so, Mr. Summers, Mr. McLaughlin, Ms. Ms. Fiddy, and Mr. Brindley. Um, so, if we could start, Councillor Bagnall. Madam Chairman, have we finished the uh, officer's presentation on this case? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Yes. Can, can I just check? Because if we're getting into a situation where we haven't got the required drawings, and we get to the position where we don't think we can fairly judge this do we really want to waste people's time uh, doing public speaking if we're going to end up in a position where we can't even determine it's a good question chairman yeah, so chairman can i just state we you 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 know there is going to be a uh, presentation by the town council who and part of their request is for us to be deferred i need to warn members not to not defer it but to defer it out of hand, the council could be in a serious issue in terms of refusing to determine an application. 
that may be where you end up, and obviously you're going to be listening to the debate and have the discussions in, in, in terms of an open mind, but I would suggest we discuss the matter in terms, and if this is part of the problem, then we will get to that when we get to it. But I, but I suggest we continue with the public presentations, start the debate and start the discussions and see where that takes us. But if that does put you in a position where you can't make a decision, then then that will be where we are. I, I, I respectfully disagree with that because I think it's an important aspect of determining planning that you have proper plans to determine it from. If we're in a position where we haven't got those, then I think we're, we're in danger of wasting people's time, that's all. But I think you are in a situation, if you fast-forwarded, if you like, to defer it, then you're not wasting people's time. You are actually acting unreasonably as a local planning authority because I do think you do need to hear them that could be where you end up, and I do respect your problems in terms of what you're also having. But can I please, you know, please stress upon you to, to continue with the public speakers, at least, and then get into the debate. Sorry, could I just come in on, on one point as well? It, just to be clear, the, these slides are more just visual aids just to aid this discussion. Um, we do have full drawings that have they're large drawings, very detailed, so all of this is clearly visible. So the basis of the decision would be sound, it's just, of course, this, this, for this presentation, it's not particularly clear because it's a large plan shown at a relatively small scale. But, you know, the documents are all there, all available, all on the website, all clear. It's just this visual representation in this format, it's never really going to work perfectly. But this is really just an aid rather than the definitive drawing that we're making the decision on, you know, copies of which we have in this file. Okay, so Mr. Peter Summers, please. Three minutes. Thank you. Madam you Chair, have, sorry, you have three minutes. Good afternoon. You have Thank three you for minutes. your time. Sorry? You have three minutes, Mr. Summers. I still you have three minutes, Mr. Summers, sorry. Thank you. The residents of St Mary's View are deeply concerned about the proposed cycle pedestrian path. We feel it is an accident waiting to happen. The five houses at the top of St Mary's View all have at least one car per house and all of them will have to cross the cycle path when leaving or returning to their homes. Also adults <coughs> excuse me, and or children on bikes coming downhill with residents driving forwards or reversing out of driveways onto a narrow road, sometimes unsighted due to parked cars, really doesn't bear thinking about. There are also many delivery vans and lorries who have to turn their vehicles round in a narrow cul-de-sac. Also regarding the cycle path, the uh, peculiar actions of the selling agent in June last year prompted residents to consult the title deeds to their properties. There are the five houses I said before at the top of St Mary's View overlook the shrubland and the development site. The title deeds and plan to these properties state that the owners of these five houses are responsible for the boundary fence and are bound by a covenant to maintain the boundary fence as indicated on the plan by T-Marks. Given the above, we perhaps have a situation where a cycle path is coming through a fence which residents are bound by a legal covenant to maintain. <coughs> Uh, my next point is really a request. Um, as I said before, St Mary's View is a cul-de-sac and a narrow road with a footpath on only one side of the road for part of it. There is very little visitor parking space. 
Over half the residents are elderly retired people. It's not a commuter road where everyone disappears at 7am and returns in the early evening. Most residents are there during the day. We would respectfully request that if you are of uh, mind to approve this application, that it be subject to an absolute condition that no vehicle or pedestrian access to the site is permitted via St Mary's View and no contract of parking. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Summers. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. McLaughlin. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, committee members. Uh, good afternoon, Madam Chairman. Um, I'm a former resident of St. Mary's View, uh, which is close to the site, as, as you've heard and as you can see on the plan, some of you. Um, uh, but I'm still a resident of Saffron Walden and grateful for your time this afternoon. Um, I have two points which I want to make, and the net effect of those is that my suggestion that it would be premature to approve this application today. Uh, the first point I want to make is during and after construction of this site, uh, the site which is currently greenfield as part of the landscape on the approach to Saffron Walden, it's going to be the first thing that people see of Saffron Walden as they approach the town from the north through Little Walden. I'm sure the committee would therefore agree that the utmost care should be taken to mitigate the damage to the landscape. So I want to ask if the application had been referred to the East of England Design Review Panel operated by Shape East as was urged by the Town Council in its objection letter of December 18. As the Council said, the site's of a considerable size, 85 dwellings, relative to the size of the town, and it's an important location. I could see that the Council's objection, amongst its other objections, was noted in the officer's report, um, but I couldn't see that it was actually addressed. Um, the second point, then, I'd like to make is a more technical one, and unfortunately it relates to the plan. Um, the, it, it's about the layout of the site. Um, when the planning appeal decision was given in relation to this site in August 2017, it specifically said that it was, um, that, that it was based on a particular plan, um, which is not the one that you see here. Um, the appeal was then allowed, subject to compliance with 20 conditions, the fourth of which said um, the development shall be delivered in broad, in, a, in broad accordance with the principles set out in the development framework showing on that same drawing which was attached to the appeal decision and which is different to this. Um, the main difference is that on the, um, the plan on the screen, uh, the, there is a play area now placed in the top right hand corner of the site, which in the uh, appeal plan, um, uh, and which was important at the time, uh, was actually to be reserved as scrubland. Uh, however, now the, the, the current proposal is that there would be a play, a play area there and the scrubland would effectively disappear. Um, the effect of this is that I submit several adverse impacts. Firstly, the local wildlife using the scrubland would be lost. Secondly, the dangerous nature of the cycle path that you've heard about would be increased because of people using the play area in the proximity to it. And thirdly, the buffer between St Mary's view and the development, which was meant to be achieved with the scrubland, would be lost. Um, the planning officer's report states that the site layout was a reserved matter for later determination, but given that this layout was given such prominence in the appeal decision originally, I would ask how and why the decision was reached for the public space in the top right of the site to be removed in contradiction of the appeal decision. 
If you I've, could draw your comments to a close, thank you. I'm sorry? If you could draw your comments to a close. Yes, and just one final comment, just to address Mr Brown's point that the committee could be accused of refusing to give a decision. I would have thought that if the refusal is because you've got inadequate plans to base your decision on, then it's hard to see how the committee could be criticised for that, in my humble opinion. Thank you. Thank you, Ms McLaughlin. Um, Ms Fiddy? Chloe Fiddy speaking on behalf of Saffron Morden Town Council. Since we submitted our original comments in December of last year, the application has had a considerable number of revisions and I counted around 99 additional documents that have been added to the planning portal. With this many changes to matters which are material considerations, this reserved matters application doesn't meet statutory requirements for public consultation, and on these grounds alone we feel it should be deferred by the committee at this meeting. That said, because I've got two and a half minutes, this is a run-through of the Town Council's original objections and also the solutions that were proposed, as well as some further questions which are still outstanding. The first question is on housing mix. This has been amended since the original application, but still does not offer enough smaller houses. We believe that the Schmar is flawed, and we would like it to be reviewed in light of the research that we have had done for the neighbourhood plan. We ask you today to put this decision on hold, ideally pending further wholesale research into the correct housing mix for Saffron Walden, and if not that, at least a revision to the mix for this particular application. The design layout that we saw at the Town Council is inconsistent with the Essex Design Guide. It has changed since the Town Council looked at it, and the Town Council would like time to review this further once any changes are made to the housing mix, which we then assume would change the street scene. The third point was on the widths of roads. We note in the officer report on page 29 that the Highway Authority has no objections to the drawing number B. However, this has since been superseded by drawing number C. It's not entirely clear whether this changes the width of the road, so we don't believe that you can approve this application without knowing if the final proposed drawing is acceptable for emergency and refuse vehicles. On the SUDS, uh, that wasn't apparent uh, in the original application. It is now, although the Town Council would like to see some more biodiverse planting, which would be of benefit to the environment, and perhaps this could be looked at in more detail. Five, on the boundary treatments, we saw that Essex Police responded to say that they would like to comment on the proposed lighting, boundary treatments, and physical security measures. This planning application includes pictures of boundary treatments. However, there are no comments on the planning portal of any comments from Essex Police on the boundary treatments. Presumably, if you approve this application today, you are approving the boundary treatments, but that would mean that the police haven't commented. Point six is on the size of the flats. In our original objection, we noted that the affordable housing two-bedroom flats were only 66.31 metres squared, whereas the nationally described space standards require them to be 70 metres squared. National space standards are noted in the officer report as a material consideration, and of course adequate house sizes are very important for health and well-being. Please could you defer a decision until it is clear that they definitely do meet the size standards. I'm nearly there. No lighting plan appears to have been submitted, so we'd like to ditto the comments that we made read the boundary 
treatments. The police wanted to comment on that. Point nine, porous car parking surfaces. We don't know if they've been addressed. There's no word on this in the new drawings. Please could you defer this while it's discussed with the developer. And finally, electric vehicle charging points. This is a material consideration in the officer report. However, there is no mention of them in the final drawings. It would be crazy to build houses without having electric charging points. So please could you defer the decision on this until there is clarity on whether they're going to be provided or not. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Mr. Brindley. Three, three, nine, yeah. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You have um, nine minutes, Mr. Brindley, in total. Uh, first of all, I'm not Mr. Brindley. Unfortunately, couldn't make it. I'm one of his colleagues. Uh, so you, but, sorry, uh, you are? My name is Trevor Tizard. I'm also from CMYK, and we've acted as the agents for Abbey Homes on this particular development. The application before you is a reserved matters application, and therefore the principle of development has already been established by the outline planning permission on this site. We've worked closely with your planning officers during the design of this scheme and have made a number of revisions during this application process in order to reach a position whereby they are now happy with the application. No, no objection has been raised by the statutory consultees who responded, those being ecology, highways, environmental health, drainage and flood. The housing officer raised no comments on the number or the mix of available units or affordable units, but does comment on the style of one of the three bedroom five person houses in terms of its internal layout. However, this is an issue between the applicant and the registered social provider as the number, mix and tenure meet with the policy requirements. The scheme will provide much needed housing mix in which is in line with the council strategic housing market assessment. It also provides two areas of public open space, one of which contains a play area. All of the houses on the scheme meet the Council's design standards. I'd just like to also reiterate the officer's comments regarding drawings and information submitted. Detailed drawings and information have been submitted in order to provide validation on this and as such have been available to the members for considerable time. Another point that has been raised that I'd like to discuss is nationally described space standards. These have not been adopted at this current stage by the local authority. There are a number of other issues that have been raised, particularly by the local council. Generally, I would expect these to form part of the, concision, the conditions attached to this rather than requiring a deferral. Just because we don't have the information now does not mean that it cannot be conditioned if it's something that you would like to add. Thank you very much for your time. Just to pick up various issues that have been raised um, about this. I mean, first of all, the last speaker was correct in terms of saying all the documentation has been available and making a decision that's in front of us here. Um, Many of those matters, just because they're absent from the consideration, they they're not absent from the consideration, but if they're absent from the plans, you can condition to move on. And that, again, is not a reason necessary to defer it. Um, 
Issues relating to space standards, the Council has not got an adoption, has not adopted that as a policy, but that is moving forward as an emerging policy. Having said that, the plans have been checked and they do comply with the standards. Um, you may not be able to do that off the plans, but they, they tend to broadly comply with the space standards, although it is not a requirement at this moment for them to do so. Members also refer to uh, lack of consideration, uh, sorry, the Town Council mentioned the lack of consideration of, of being able to put emergency vehicles down there and refuse vehicles. As part of the highway consideration of the planning application, uh, they have to consider Section 38, which is the adoption, the end game adoption of the road, and they would have considered the, the uses for, emergency vehicle, for, for refuse vehicles, which would also have covered emergency vehicles. The, it, to dismiss the Schmar, speaking at the Town Council's comments, the Schmar is the basis of our consideration of the mix of development. Any consideration going forward saying the Schmar is not worthy is a very is not a wise thing to do. It is, it is the, the consideration of where we're going in terms of it. Although the Town Council may have done a separate study around their neighbourhood plan, the Schmar is the, the actual Bible in terms of the consideration of the housing mix going forward. Um, um, I will leave it as it is. So rather, members do need to try to consider this application um, and not to defer it out of hand. If the end consideration is to defer it, well, that's fair enough. But we do need to send away a reason why it would be deferred so an agent can actually consider what they need to do in the interim period. Councillor Free. Osborne first. Okay. This is Councillor Freeman masquerading as Councillor Fairhurst. Um, I have a completely open mind on this because, as the uh, last speaker correctly pointed out, 85 houses, at least 85 houses, will be built on this piece of land. There is outline consent. We fully understand what outline consent means. Thank you. Um, this is a substantive examination where the detail is fixed. And the detail is very important. The devil is in the detail. Uh, the detail is very important. So, okay, we're going to get houses here. We know that. Uh, but they've got to be of the right sort. Of course, Madam Chairman, once they're built, we're stuck with them for 50 years or 100 years or whatever. It's important to get it right. Uh, and my own town, Saffron Warden, is covered with houses which have been put up with varying degrees of caution and whatever. Uh, and we're stuck with those. That's the way of it. So this particular development is actually an open field at the moment. There's not a scrap of, land, uh, of building on it. It's completely open. It slopes from the top left down to the uh, bottom right, uh, which under the drainage systems are where the balancing ponds are going to be put, which makes, makes good sense, obviously. It means, actually, Madam Chairman, we are concreting over a field. There will be a lot of water runoff, especially with the deluge levels that we have now. Uh, and that will need to be coped with. Now, the sustainable um, uh, drainage systems, that's not my specialty. There are experts that will comment on this. But the simple fact is that we have a lot of water in short order to deal with. Uh, and this is basically was a field and is not anymore. So it's very important to get the whole thing right. There are various documents that are missing. And my principal concern, Madam Chairman, is that the democratic process has not been observed. And we do live in a democracy and we have been elected. That's why we're here. The democratic process has not been observed with respect to the so-called parish, or in fact, in this case, town council, because we convened on the 17th of December a special meeting 
uh, planning committee meeting to consider the plans that are actually on uh, the, the basis upon which the appeal was heard. Uh, since then, as, um, as Chloe pointed out, from the speaking for the Town Council, somewhere in the region of 99 further documents have been handed to the planning portal. Now, you could say we have nothing better to do with our time than to look at the planning portal and look for the latest edition from the developer, but actually we have other things to do if you're a councillor and if you work for your living and all this. So it falls, I think, to the District Council to point out that actually this has happened, uh, and it hasn't. What we're looking at now is essentially a new application. Uh, technically, I feel it should go back and be brought forward as a new application with all of the documentation, then it would be considered again. But I am perfectly happy, Madam Chairman, to just give us the time to consider all the documents. Bear in mind, 99 additional documents since December 17. That is an awful lot uh, for a town council to consider and to consider them in detail, because the devil is in the detail. We haven't seen a, comp a comprehensive um, sustainable drainage system map, for example. There's a map, but it's not detailed. Various things are missing. These were in our original representation in December of last year. Uh, there isn't a lighting plan, fair enough. One of the things we specifically asked for was that since this is a new build, it's in the first half of the 21st century, then there should be at least a number of electric vehicle charging points. There's no provision for this, Madam Chairman, none whatsoever. And if this country is going to meet its carbon standards by whenever it is, 2030, it cannot be done without the use of electric vehicles. Simple. Now, obviously, you can retrofit this, but electric vehicles require a very high current to charge them. That means a lot of copper put underground, and a much more sensible time to do that is when you do the build rather than to retrofit them, which involves digging up pavements or roads. At the very least, there should be a condition that ducting is put in for this purpose, but in practice, I think some of those buildings should be equipped with electric vehicle charging points. It's not rocket science, uh, and it was very explicitly asked for, and it hasn't been dealt with. There are a whole number, Madam Chairman, of items that were brought to this council's attention by the town council, only about half of them have been dealt with, to be honest. They were good recommendations, suggestions, things like porous parking spaces, they're important because of the water runoff. Uh, as I say, it was a field that we're dealing with, it's now a car park uh, and a housing estate. So my suggestion, Madam Chairman, is that we should certainly defer this for until the next meeting, basically, which is a month away. That will give us time to go over it properly with the officers of the council and maybe get some uh, better answers out of the developers. That is my position on this matter. It needs to be dealt with in more detail. Sorry, through the chair, could I just first of all clarify whether we consulted the parish town council or not, we have got no obligation to reconsult the town council, whether we did or not, and whether we should have done or not. So it's not a breach of any democratic process. The council has done nothing wrong. But members can make that. There is a judgment in terms of whether we should have consulted the town council. That's another question. You raise issues around the electric charging points. That is already conditioned. It is conditioned on the outline planning permission. There is a trawl of planning applications, because access was committed as part of the original application, wasn't it? So therefore, access was considered as part of the application and part of the hype, because I've just been looking through here and said, well, why, why isn't there a condition about electric charging points? That's because there is one on the outline. 
There is a number of conditions on the outline permission, including electric charging points. And, there is, and they wouldn't be shown on these plans. That would be shown as part of the proposal going forward. Once we have a Section 38 plan, that will show the electric charging points. And so, so therefore, there is a number of significant detailed issues that have already been considered through the outline planning permission. And, and so, so you may not have seen those particular issues, but they are there, and they are there as part of the approval in terms of the approved plans. So members need to be careful not to try to double do what's already been done in terms of moving forward. And have the debate continued, so rather than having a generic discussion about what's missing, have that electric... I know you're not just, just talking electric charging points, that was just an example, but that as an example is something that's already been covered because of the previous condition on the previous application. And so there is a number, and a lot of those would be ticked off as part of that proposal, to be honest. Uh, thank you. That, if I may just come back, Madam Chairman. Uh, the, I, I accept that, but it doesn't actually tell you how many or where. You might have one in the whole place, which wouldn't be very serviceable. So the detail Sorry. is important in this, and we need to be able to look at Sorry. it. I know there's lots of other things, but just to, to confirm on that, I can read out the, the condition as it says in, in the outline permission. It says, prior to the first occupation of any dwelling, an electric vehicle charging point shall be provided, provided within any garage associated with that dwelling. Um, so it's within all the ones with garages, of which there are quite a number. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chair. I'm feeling very old. Two reasons. The one is nostalgia. When we first saw this site and looked at it here, there was talk about bats. And I said at the time that I have no particular affinity with bats, but it seemed rather reckless to dispossess them. And I was advised confidently that we would provide a corridor from which they could drive or fly or something. I found it amusing. I saw science bats this way. Um, and now, from what I can gather from that rather murky thing up there, I, it looks like it's a green space and the, the scrubland's gone. So that's the first issue. But the second thing is I'm feeling really very old and I think I may need spectacles. Can we just talk about respect, please? Because here's the thing. This is a serious forum. We're here. It starts at 2 o'clock on a Wednesday. And we're supposed to take these things seriously because people's lives are at stake, people's businesses are at stake, and people's houses are at stake. And I don't think it's been taken seriously enough, to be quite honest. I am not, and I'd be very surprised if anybody else is, I'm not in a position to make a real decision here. I can't see it. I'm sorry, but I can't. I'm, as I say, I'm going to go and check my eyes, but I'm not prepared to make a decision on something that I can't. And I'm, I'm, I know the plan's all available, but it starts at 2 o'clock. It doesn't start six weeks ago. It's not our job to go and dig around all the things and just, find, just make sure we know what you're talking about. When it's 2 o'clock, it starts. This tribunal sits down, and we look at what we're given, and we assess it, and we come with open minds, and we all tried very hard to do that. And I was minded to find positive in this. But when I saw it, I'm not able to do that. And that's in, my, in, in all conscience. So I'm proposing now to defer it and come back with something I can make a decision on. Sorry, Councillor Fairhurst, I'm afraid it is your role when you have a background. It is not to make a decision based upon everything that's presented to you today. It's to present you on this planning application. So it is your role to check the plans going back and in terms of some of those plans. Not to check every single document, but to consider every single document in terms of if you've got a particular concerns over highway safety, to check the plans going forward. That is a slightly, there is, you know, there is some slight 
highly memory period for the new members have only been with us for a number of weeks, but this application has been in the process for a number of months, and so therefore it is a role to check those plans and for not to, for Luke to double-guess every single plan that you need to have in front of us. I do accept what you say in terms of the quality of the plans put forward, and that is through no, that's through no, that's through no, nothing that we could have done. We have tried to improve that. So, but I'm mindful that to move to defer it for those reasons is extremely dangerous because you're just saying we, we can't make out what the plans are. We do need something specific. What do you need to come back? Okay, if it's deferred for a specific reason and it comes back next month or next three weeks' time, we would also make a point about the plans as well, moving forward in terms of that. But we do need something for the agent to get on with in that three-week period to try to address the situation. Perhaps I misunderstood here. I, I rely on the officers to present the information to me in a way that I can form an opinion. And when I walk into this chamber at 2 o'clock, I have to come with an open mind. So if I looked at the plans before, that's great, but I have to trust that the information in front of me is, is, is reliable and adequate for me to make a decision. I don't feel that. Councillor Bagnall. Uh, just a quick question. I might be able to help uh, Mr Brown on this one. So in the highways assessment in the, on, online, it mentions a drawing of 1770 forward slash P10.2 forward slash B. I can't find that in the plans. Uh, and when I look at the highways assessment, the highways assessment seems to be very generic and very limited. So is that plan, as an example of plans, if you're talking about plans we need to see, is that plan available? Because I can't find it on, on the site. There's, there's well over 50 or 60 plans on here. So I'm one of those new members. So there's no way I've gone through this lot. Uh, and I would expect to be able to see crystal clear something on the screen that calls out a cycle path, because that seems to be one of the issues. I can't see it on there. So I, I'm, I'm sort of with Councillor Fairhurst, Councillor Freeman, that I don't see how you can fairly determine something if you can't see it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm minded to second that motion. But I can't find the plan, so if you can find it, point me to the right direction, but it says it, it just comes up with this loads of revised plans, but it doesn't relate to 1770 P10.2B. So I, I have to go on something and I can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't explain why revision B isn't available. Obviously, as you say, there are a lot on there, so I wouldn't be able to find it in an instant. The, the difference would have been it was um, many around parking spaces on the side of the road, so it's like lay-by ones. I appreciate what you're saying. You haven't got that in front of you I think to see clearly. I think your problem is, so I've got experience of seeing prize green in Takeley. So I think your problem is you've got a large-scale development. People can't make out what it really is going to be like, uh, and highways don't appear to have assessed it, and the plan that they've based their entire response on doesn't appear to be in the list. So how can you possibly get us to do a fair determination? Chairman, I'm, I'm, Karen's got it up here in terms of those particular plans, and it's there. Could you point me in the right direction? You've got lots of 278 plans. You've got the cycle link plans. No, sorry, I'm talking about 1770. If you look at the highways assessment, they call out a specific plan that they looked at, a drawing, drawing number XYZ, which is 1770 P10.2B. So if you, can't, if you guys can't find it, I've got no chance. 
just to be clear, the, the decision would be made on the basis of revision C that followed that. So the highways were happy with revision B, which was almost identical to this one. But they haven't assessed revision C, they've only assessed revision yeah, B. Yeah, but revision C only included a few additional parking spaces, which know. wouldn't have affected the... I understand what you're saying, that you, you haven't seen that sequence and you can't appreciate what the difference is. But, you know, I think you have to appreciate our side of it. We're here responsible to make a decision based on soundness. If I'm not comfortable to, to approve something, I'm not going to approve it. So what was that drawing number you said? Uh, 1770 P10.2 forward slash B. It's in the highways. If you look at the highways assessment, it's within that. They call it out. You're just putting us in a difficult position here by trying to insist that we have the information when I don't feel comfortable that we can see that information properly. And I can't, on that basis, I couldn't possibly... Some of this concern. information is going right down to the absolute nitty-gritty in terms of, you know, in terms of an engineering drawing, potentially, you know, of how that works on the site. And, you know, when, when reality is there has to be an element of trust here in terms of the technical officers that are advising on... No, sorry, the technical people that are advising on those issues, yeah. there's not a lot any of us in this room can bring to that party in terms of that discussion. Um, I mean, you mentioned the cycle. You mentioned the, the cycleway, which is, which yeah. is a fundamental issue. Um, if you ask Luke where that cycleway is, he'll be able to hopefully be able to point that out yeah, to Yeah, no, you. but that, that doesn't show us anything, does it? What does that tell me? doesn't do anything. I, I don't want to labour the point, Madam so Chairman. I, I've made you, my point. Sorry, it depends what you need to know about that particular cycleway. Um, you know, in terms of it will be up to adoptable standards, it will be up to technical standards when it's provided, and that's how it would work. But those draw, there are no way those plans with us in those details at this stage, because, as I say, there, there's, some of them are, but to make it sure that it could be done up to adoptable standards. But moving on, there are drawings, Section 38 drawings, which will actually show how these roads are going to be drained, including massive loads of plans about those particular drains, which is not for us. It's for something to make that road adoptable. It is not for this place to do it. All it means to make sure that geometrically these properties, this can be achieved on this site. Okay. Otherwise, you're never going to be satisfied with a proposal going forward. This is quite, quite fundamental moving forward in terms of desired plans. Councillor Gerard. Uh, thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I don't want to labour the point, but, Mr Brown, I think we deserve a bit more respect than that. I've been a chartered surveyor now for over 30 years, and I know how to read a plan, I know how to look at a document, and how to dissect important conditions. So, with respect, I would think that moving forwards, I would ask through the Chair that the way that the information, the detail, the reserved matters that are important, the way that they're presented to committee members is done in a way in which we can actually see it. If we were sitting here looking at outline planning, I would say perhaps that is sufficient for me to look at an out outline planning and make a decision on outline planning, all matters reserved except. But this is reserved matters and with respect to the officers, and you do a great job on the whole, but... I'm struggling here to contain my frustration, and I must concur with Councillor Freeman, Councillor Fairhurst, and Councillor Bagnall, and I'm sure there are others here too who are maybe thinking the same. I do not believe that we, as the 12 elected councillors on this committee, 
to determine reserved matters are, adequately, ad, are being given adequate information here in this chamber, which is the, where we are to make the determination to facilitate us. I do not believe that we have that information. Anyway, I would ask the Chair, please, if this could be raised at perhaps uh, in a separate forum, in a, perhaps a working group, to, to examine this matter in future. But moving forward, this has to improve. Anyway, moving back to this matter, if I may, just in terms of referring to the officer's report, Essex Police. As you know, Madam Chairman, I now have the, the, the role of the Cabinet Member for Police for this District Council. And I am concerned that the police have specifically said that they wish to comment on the proposed lighting, boundary treatments and physical security measures. Now, based upon those comments, I would be armed with information that would allow me to make an informed decision as cabinet member for police and as a member of this committee. But we don't have that. So drawing down now through all the stuff that we said we don't have, at the very least we should have this because we do need to make sure that the reserved matters are proper, have gone through proper consultation and at least the Essex police who are, who are there to protect us are happy with this to go forward as it is. So there's a lot more that has to be said. I, again, I would ask, as a matter of principle, wearing my community's hat now as, as committee member, that the matter of consultation for 99 extra documents, I do think that we may need to change our protocol and that town council and other consultees who were involved are re-involved when there is new material considerations are raised and there's new issues to be discussed. Again, Madam Chairman, I would ask that that is something that we should look at. Uh, finally, I think it's time really that we should go to a vote. I personally do not believe that I am equipped to make a, a decision here today. I wish I was. I come open-minded, but I actually feel that I'm unable to. So I'd like to go to a vote, please. There was, two, there was two other councillors wanting to speak. Councillor Freeman? Well, I would propose that we defer this matter uh, until we have adequate and complete information. Uh, I think for no more than one meeting, ideally. That would be my proposal, that we defer this matter. Another factor that would encourage deferral, perhaps, is that the three-storey um, buildings are a cause of concern to the housing officer, and I respect very much that person's judgment. It would appear that housing associations have difficulty in getting tenants for these, and that actually costs them quite a lot of money because they're empty property. So the three-storey, five-person, three five I think, dwellings are a matter of concern, and that should be put back into the mix as well. Thank you. I would, could I just be... I'd, I'd pick up Councillor Gerrard's point there, and, we, you know, we need... We need we will be looking at that in terms of moving forward in terms of materials, whether there's briefing sessions in terms of what materials you will be getting before you get it, so we can actually make sure you are in a position to make an informed decision, and apologies for that. And thank you to Councillor Freeman, you have picked up a point that we have been trying to raise with the applicant throughout, 
um, the applicant glossed over that particular issue in terms of affordable housing. It is not a refusable issue, but it is a delivery issue. If you get to a particular point where they meet that trigger, you could end up with affordable housing that is void, which is a swear word, having an affordable housing that is void, and so we need to move that on. So thank you. We will go back on with that particular issues as well, and I think there are other issues which the Town Council have picked up, which members have picked up in the round as well, which we will actually also take back to the, to the applicant. So we have a propose, proposal from Councillor Freeman. Can I have a second for that? Councillor Fairhurst. Therefore, um, can we take a vote on whether we defer this um, application, please? Can I have a vote? Um, yeah. Agreeing. Propose. We've got a second. Oh, yes, we have a second. Councillor Fairhurst. To defer. Can I be sure? All those in favour of deferring? Thank you. Okay, um, this is item 5 and it's UTT 190484 LP at Freyton, Chatter End Road, Farnham. And Mr Tyler. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the application site is located outside the development limits of Farnham. Um, and to the south of Chatter End Road. The site is within an existing garden serving the dwelling of Fryerton. Fryerton is a two-storey detached property set towards the front of the site with a large garden and outbuildings to the rear. Access to the site is via private driveway from the highway. To the east of the site is a public footpath that connects with the village of Farnham. Uh, no footpaths are provided along the main highway to the front of the site. Planning permission for a dwelling on the site has been previously refused in 2010 and 2015. This application uh, for outline planning permission with all matters reserved uh, is for the demolition of the existing garage and erection of a single dwelling. Um, access will be shared with, shared with the host dwelling. This slide demonstrates the, out, uh, the layout of the site. However, being an outline planning application, this is indicative and subject to an amendment. No objections have been received by the Parish Council. Nine letters of support have been received from neighbouring properties. An 
Objection has been received from the highway authority. However, uh, the access to the site is a reserved matter uh, and it's not considered in this application. In regards to the assessment of the application, uh, the site is uh, clearly separated from the main village of Farnham. Although linked uh, to the village via public footpath, due to the location and separation distance from the village, the proposal does not meet the social sustainability set out in the MPPF. It is considered the proposal will, not, uh, will result in uh, introduction of significant built form uh, that will encroach onto the open character of this rural site. The application site is set back behind the existing dwelling of Fryton and therefore this backland position is out of character with the linear form of development of the area. The introduction of the built form will be visible from surrounding sites. The lack of a five-year housing supply and introduction of a single dwelling does not outweigh the harm caused by the development. As such, it's considered a proposal would result in a significant harm to the open rural countryside character of the site. Uh, and its surrounding, in conflict with local plan policies S7, Gen 2 and the MPPF. Uh, this plan demonstrates the proposed elevations. Uh, however, again, this is an outline application and these are indicative and subject to change. Uh, in conclusion, the proposal is not in accordance with local plan policies and the MPP MPPF. And therefore, uh, as outlined in the committee report, the application is recommended for refusal. Thank you. Um, we have two speakers, Mrs. Catherine King and Mr. Stephen King. So, Mrs. Kath Mrs. King, thank you very much. You have three minutes. Thank you. Um, please note that we have emailed these comments that I'm going to say to the officer. Chair, councillors, thank you for allowing me to speak in support of this small development. We love living in Chatteren, Farnham, and have been there for 33 years. We now want to build a suitable house for our older age on our land. This development is strongly supported and wanted by the residents of Chatteren and the wider communities of Farnham and Farnham Green. It brings significant benefits to our community, does no harm to our wonderful countryside, and utilises an underused brownfield site where we plan to build an unobtrusive home to meet our housing needs. It also enhances the strong social capital of our village. What's the evidence that uh, our proposal is wanted by residents? As said earlier by the officer, we have nine letters of support and no objections from residents nor from the parish council. This is because the proposal is in line with our adopted village plan. Our neighbours and other village residents can see the significant benefits and have been moved to write detailed letters of support. Now I'm sure you'll agree that this level of support is very unusual for any development. Every single one of our immediate neighbours in Chatterend have written in support. They are the people most affected. If you read their letters, you find very strong support for the benefits of our plan. Neighbours add that the site is hard to see and well screened. They are, the neighbours also challenge the assertions that Chatter End is isolated from the village, a village that is made up of hamlets, and that the plan harms our countryside. 
We are, after all, only a third of a mile from the village hall, 570 metres, where we and neighbours regularly meet for social events. Our children walk the exceptionally quiet road, just about half a mile, 900 metres, to Farnham School every day. We have daily milk and newspaper deliveries. We are main drains and, most recently, fibre broadband. We and neighbours regularly cycle to Stortford and Stansted, so Chatter End is hardly isolated. The contribution of the development to the sustainability of vital services to Farnham Green beyond us is recognised in a letter of support from a Farnham Green resident. This is a key consideration in the national planning framework. There are also letters from the centre of the village Rectory Lane area, people who have strongly letters of support from them, people who have strongly opposed inappropriate developments in Farnham. These supporting letters, all of them, and the lack of objections, none, are evidence that our development is wanted by Farnham Village. Thank you for your hard work in protecting our wonderful district. We do have to build for the future. Here is a small opportunity to add a sympathetic development, not by developers, but by residents for residents. Thank you. Thank you. Mr King. You have three minutes, Mr King. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Councillors, thank you for allowing us to speak. Uh, Firstly, we appreciate the planning officer's assurance that the access issues raised by Essex highways can be dealt with at at a later stage. But just to uh, assure you that we have done a speed survey uh, and we can easily meet the access requirements. 26 miles an hour, less than five cars a day. Five cars an hour. Um, Now to the key issue. You know that um, Uttleford can't meet the housing supply target in the national planning framework, therefore takes precedence. This means that to accept the officer's recommendation of refusal, you need to be totally convinced that the harm caused by our development more than outweighs the benefits. So officers agree that there are social, economic and environmental benefits. It's in your documents. But I would assert that the alleged harms officers identify are based on misunderstandings and are significantly less than the many benefits. And the detailed letters from neighbours are your evidence of that fact. So what are those alleged harms? The officers assert that Chatterend is isolated from the centre of the village, there being no footpath. But you'll have seen from your visit this morning that there's a very good, well-maintained 570-metre footpath that goes directly to the village hall. It's used every day by local people, all year round. We use it at least once a week to attend village hall functions. And we're only 900 metres, that's just about half a mile, from the school on a very quiet road, less than five cars an hour. So that's from here to Market Square in Saffron Walden. That's 900 metres. Then there's the alleged harm to the countryside, as the site can be seen from the road. Well, you'll have seen from your visit that the road is a sunken lane, and that means you can't actually see the site from the road. Hedging screens the site further, a point amplified by neighbours in their letters. The report talks about backlands. 
What it doesn't point out is that there's already a tatty 1970s garage and a lean-to on the site. The development will knock those down and deliver something much more sympathetic to the setting. And remember, the site actually isn't visible from the road. So, Chair, councillors, you've seen with your own eyes and heard from Farnham residents that the objections of harm raised by officers are unfounded. There are many benefits and no real harms. If you agree with me, then under planning law, as I understand it, you should approve our proposal and you should be confident that you've got the support of local people. We've lived in Chatterend for 33 years. We want to work with officials and neighbours to deliver a sympathetic development of a lifetime home that is wanted by residents, will enhance our, enhance our village and we can all be proud of. Thank you for listening and I invite your support. Thank you very much, Mr King. Thank you. Well, actually, much of what I wanted to say has actually been said. But I will say that when I saw the reasons for refusal for this application, I was really quite shocked because we're going to S7 uh, and I know you don't all have a, a copy of the um, local plan or the existing local plan that we're using because obviously a lot of you are new. So I'll read it out. I won't read it all, but part of it says um, development will only be permitted if its appearance protects or enhances the particular character of the part of the countryside within which it is set or there are special reasons why the, develop, why the development in the form uh, needs to be there. It also says, uh, and I think that's just been demonstrated by the applicants, they love this village, they want to stay in this village, and I, uh, you know, as people get older, if we don't build houses that are suitable for people to stay, the villages will be deserted, or we'll have uh, villages full of old age pensioners who will eventually die off and nobody will live there, will they? Um, but it, it also goes on to say, um, which I've lost now, um, the countryside to which this policy applies is defined as all those parts of the plan are beyond the area of the green belt that are not within the settlement or other site boundaries. Well, this is just outside, but is walkable too. And as uh, is my patch, I know that many people do walk it. I walk it myself. It says, in the countryside which would be protected for its own sake. Um, I don't see what harm this house is going to do to the countryside. We're told that we won't be able to see it from the road, and I think we've proved that by going there this morning, which is why I called it in to ask you to have a look. Um, so I don't really think S7 applies to this. If it was a, a building site and we were talking about 70 houses or something, then I would say yes, but this is one house. Uh, I'll also, and the other reason was Gen 2, which is design. And it says here, I won't read that all as well because it's a great big long thing and talk about reducing crime. Well, I can't imagine that a load of bank robbers are going to go rushing up to Chatter End. And it says here, it would not have a materially adverse effect on the reasonable occupation and enjoyment of a residential or other sensitive property as a result of loss of privacy, loss of daylight, overbearing impacts or overshadowing. Well, it did none of these things, as I think you'll see. Also, I've got loads of bits of paperwork here. 
This is the Localism Act, which in your training you were we were told about the other day. And the government changed planning because they felt that it was too bureaucratic and it should be handed down to local people, which it has. Um, and it says here, they include new freedoms and flexibilities for local government, new rights and powers for communities and individuals. Well, we are talking individuals here. And the MPPF says the prescription in favour of sustainable development, and we know it's sustainable because it has a bus service, it has a school, um, it has um, a school bus, it has many things that make these uh, villages uh, sustainable. What it doesn't have, which attracts people to it, is a load of pollution, a load of noise, a load of cars belting up and down the road. They've done a speed survey, so they know that. So it says, um, presumption in favour of sustainable de development um, should be granted unless their adverse impacts significantly and demonstrably outweigh their benefits. So I'd like to know if this is refused, what the adverse impacts are. And the MPPS defines uh, sustainable development as one that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. It goes on to say, simply stated, the principle recognises the importance of ensuring that all people should be able to satisfy their basic needs and enjoy a better quality of life, both now and in the future. Surely a house designed to meet the needs of the applicants also meets the criteria set out in the MPPF. And what is the harm? I haven't seen any harm. I don't know, perhaps you have. And if you are going to refuse it, perhaps you'll demonstrate what those harms are. And as I said, it's surely a personal choice if you want to live in a rural area uh, without the hustle and bustle of a large town or all the things that go with that. And, you know, people should, I believe, and I've always believed, that people should remain, be able to remain in the community they love. And just by building one house to enable them to do that, I actually really cannot see too much of a problem. This is not a great big housing estate. It's one house next to the house they already live in, and they want to move on. So that is my point of view on it. I hope you'll agree, but you'll have your chance to speak. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Councillor Lachlan. I'll take Councillor Gerard, then Fairhurst, then Pavitt. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I am sympathetic to the application by Mr. and Mrs. King. I have to say that um, it's, there's no reason why someone would not want to try to plan for the future. Um, and I'm sympathetic to the uh, site that we saw this morning. Um, my concern, and I need some assistance here from fellow members and perhaps Mr. Brown, is that this is for outline planning for one house um, on an area of land that is um, probably big enough to take more. Um, my concern would be that for whatever reason, and I don't know, but things do change, um, when uh, next year or whenever, uh, with, if this was granted and if Mr. and Mrs. King's mind changed and they moved to Jamaica and they sold this piece of land or the house with planning permission in the garden, that someone else might decide to put, maybe reapply for three or whatever it was. So that is my first concern. Um, as I said, I am sympathetic to the, to the application and the, and the principle. Uh, my second issue is that you know, I live in Newport, a village also linear, slightly different to this uh, um, in, in terms of how, how busy it is, but 
Newport used to be, many years ago, like this. Um, and we're coming on to that in the next agenda item. But um, I do have a concern of the fact that this, any development should be linear. Um, and this is, in a smaller scale, it's not. It, it's, it's, it's building at the back of the garden. It's, and, and it could set a precedent. So my concern is that. However, I am, I am sympathetic in, in general to this type of um, application, subject to my concerns, which I'd like to just, if I may, ask Mr. Brown for his opinion on that. <clears throat> I'm glad you said that. I mean, I'm not in liking, liking this to the next agenda item, but that could have started in a, in a, way, in a similar way. Can I, have a, can I have a dwelling for my daughter? That was potentially an example of that. that. Um, I don't think it was that one. It was an appeal. We'll come on to that in a moment. But you need to be careful. I will always sit here and argue about president, but there is some stuff that could just happen. And you've got the site plan there, and you can work out what could happen. And if it did happen, would you be worried about it, to be frank? Um, and I'm not even question, I'm not questioning at all the, the applicant's motives here. Um, but you are quite right. Um, it's only an outline application, but we have control over that. If, 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 what, if, this was, if they do use your Jamaica scenario and you know, they, they, they get their permission and then suddenly we get reserve matters for um, a, a, a three-storey dwelling on the problem or a huge mansion, then that will go through the usual motion. It will go back to the community and the community will raise it and we'll have control over that. But members just need to be concerned. Just be mindful of there is no such thing as president, but there is something that could inevitably happen if we approve this. And if you're okay with that and you're satisfied with that, that's the move forward. Um, and also do not get too hooked up on the personal, personal story that you're hearing. However, however genuine that, that thing is, that should not be the driver for you to make your decision. I am feeling a bit as an officer that we're a bit of a can't really win here because we're having discussions now about S7 when we're having discussions about S7 earlier on when you know, we were recommending approval for a similar situation. That's a different story. It's each case on its merits, but members just need to be mindful. I have the same concerns, but I'm not going to die in a ditch over this particular proposal, I should add. Thank you. Well, you actually hit the nail on the head there, Mr. Brown, didn't you? Because you said every, act, every application on its merits. So if something else comes along on that site and they do go off to Jamaica, which is highly unlikely, another application will come in and we will, we will do that on its merits as well. So, you know, to say that it could become, uh, I don't know, another Telford, I, I think is totally ridiculous. It's one house, every application on its merits, and this is what we're being asked to do today. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Every application on its merits. But there is a cumulative issue as well. But I want to look just at the two reasons for proposed recommendation of refusal. The first is, and I think it's quite an, an important one for us, is backland development. We don't like it. We don't like it at all. We never have. We never will. It has certain implications. Um, we've seen a number of backland applications in the last four years, and they generally were between two houses in a quite tightly knit suburb, and right at the back you could cut someone's backyard in half and chuck a couple of houses up. We don't like it. I think it's very good, it may not be in planning condition, but it's very good that the neighbours all support it. I think that inclines me to be supportive of the process. And if you consider about, and I always do, the, the character and the nature of the process, or the character of the surroundings, the linear issue is an issue, because ideally we'd like to see houses on a linear basis and not, and not expanding that process far further. I also sort of support Councillor Gerard in the 
in the, in the, in the idea of creating a president. There is a president. It's not, it's not a president in the strict sense of the word. But once you've given outline to that space, yes, you can put three rather nice little dwellings up there. We have to look at need. And I, I must confess it does concern me. It concerns that it isn't a bungalow. If I was to build a house in my old age, it would be a house, it would be a bungalow in the back that would suit me and not something that is more sort of, this seems to be quite a rather nice dwelling. But then on the second one, it talks about the amenities, the lack of amenities and services, and I think it's a difficult one, this because it does have amenities, the kind of amenities you would find in a rural setting. They're not the same amenities one would find in the centre of Saffron Walden. You sort of have a school and you have places to go shopping. It may be 500 metres away, but that's the sort of amenity you get in this area. Um, and I think the fact that it's not visible from the road is something that I think should weigh in its favour because generally backland division, you look down the, the, the rather narrow drive and you see 15 houses. Here you can't see it because of its sighting. And we're there, therefore looking at the harms and we're looking at the benefits. And I must, must confess I'm, I'm minded to, to, to support the development rather than refuse it. I will reserve judgment and let's see what others say. Thank you. Councillor Pavitt. Thank you, Chair. Um, 11.7, social. Um, it's already been established that this is factually incorrect. There is a footpath, and it says there isn't. But could officers please tell me what the last sentence means? I cannot understand it. Can I read it out for everybody's benefit? Although the development will support nearby village, this would not outweigh the harm caused due to then unacceptable level of social sustainability. What does that mean? Yes, there was, there's a typo on that. Uh, in terms of what it means, uh, it's uh, the, the level of um, social uh, sustainability uh, uh, is, is not high in terms of it's, it's set away from a village um, and therefore the impact of the development would not be outweighed by something positive uh, uh, through sociable sustainability. Sorry, I still don't understand you. <laughs> I mean, as far as I can establish, within, within its context, it has all the social resources it needs. It has a village hall. It has easy access to the village hall. So what does this mean? I think, I think there's a difference between not understanding it and not agreeing with it. No, no, no. I don't, no, no. I don't, I don't understand. If I could understand it, I might agree with it. It's got four negatives. Not outweigh harm unacceptable. This would not outweigh the harm caused, or I presume that should be caused, due to the unacceptable level of social... Sorry, maybe just an exercise in you know, grammar. That's all right. Uh, sorry. Councillor Bagnall. Sorry, I've got a couple of things. I, just to, I don't think there is a level of social sustainability that you're looking at anyway, so I'm not sure you can use that unacceptable level of social sustainability. I'm not sure it, it, I don't, I'm not sure it fits. But can I go the point I was going to make about highways? Sorry to bang on about highways. Um, I found it intriguing... Um, that highways have done more of an assessment on this one than the previous one in Little Walden, which was interesting. But it's contradictory. So highways have said that the proposal is not acceptable, but if you read the words, 
it says that the proposal will not have an unacceptable consequence in terms of highway safety. So which one is it? Highways have said that it's not acceptable, but they said the proposal will not have an unacceptable consequence in terms of highway safety. So how do I read that? So the, uh, th those comments actually come direct from... I, I understand. Yeah, they come, yeah, again, I think the direct. point I'm making here is that we're, we're taking... And you, you used the word trust, Mr Brown. We're taking the trust of highways that they're doing a the job properly uh, and they can't even get the letter right. So I'm really concerned that we're actually seeing proper assessments being undertaken. It fills me with no confidence that they're doing the job properly. So I think, in, maybe not in this case, but in, in other cases we need to be careful that we're satisfied that a proper assessment has been undertaken. Because uh, we obviously went out there today. Uh, it's clearly a, a shared drive, so therefore in terms of uh, accessibility it's no different to what it is now. But I understand that the, since, that shared drive, uh, since that drive was put in place that probably the policies are different now, so it doesn't meet the modern standard probably. Can I just come back on that? In, de in defending highways, and I'm not into defending highways, I'll take you through to the next one on that one, but the fact is, the, yeah, I'm, I don't think they carried out a bigger assessment on this one than they would have done on an application for 86 dwellings. It's a different type of assessment. Um, but what they're actually saying here, and I think if you read the whole paragraph, it is saying the applicant has failed to demonstrate that safe and suitable access to the site can be achieved in accordance with current safety standards and the impact on the highway caused by the proposal I think there's a, there's a, there's a missing... There. You're right, there's a typo there, but it's, it's, it's the fact that... I'm, I'm sure they should have they said... They failed to demonstrate, but it doesn't matter, is what they're basically yeah. saying. And so, it's cause at the end, because they're picking up what you've just said. You know, at the end of the day, at the moment, we've got one dwelling coming out onto that road, and we're going to end up with two dwellings coming out onto the same road. They haven't demonstrated it would work, but the fact is, it's, it's not really an issue. And, and that's what they're actually saying. So I don't know why they've done it in that such clumsy oh, language like that. Okay, well, that, that is confusing then. Yeah, it is confusing. Right. It is confusing it. the way they put it. And the fact to get so committed on something like that, which is, to be honest with you, from a highway issue, I think when we were standing out there this morning, highways wasn't part of, really, at the heart of what we were talking about or what we were considering. Not really. And I'm a bit concerned that they would raise this as a, as a potential issue when, well than there are other ones that weren't. So I'm taking that away from obviously, but, I, but the bottom line is there is not a highway issue regarding this, and you haven't got a recommendation for refusal on this matter in terms of highways. Um, Councillor Lachlan, just once more. Thank you. I just wanted, to point, just wanted to point out that the applicants have done a speed survey, and there are five cars an hour, which is a traffic jam for Farnham. <laughs> I wouldn't say applicants doing a speed survey is an appropriate access, uh, highway, but it's not necessary on that particular. Councillor Gerard. Yes, Chair, thank you very much. Um, I'm not going to get much support here, but I, I have to come back to, to, to the, the, the planning policies in the recommendation. And um, I'm inclined to, I wish to actually now propose that we actually vote on, a on the refusal as recommended uh, in accordance with what, what, what I believe to be policy that is important for this application. So I propose that we vote for a refusal. Thank you. Does that have a second? 
Can I take another proposal, please? Councillor Fairhurst. I propose that we accept this, not reject it. Sorry. Just, just to add, we can go with that, but we have the days to be subject to conditions, obviously. And, um, so and under the um, court... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna, I was going to say that. I was going to say that next. Uh, so, first of all, you, we need to add conditions to that, which I'm sure that uh, Chris will be able to oblige before it gets to the vote. And secondly, there's this peculiar situation under the court that if you're approving something against officer recommendation, you need to have a reason why you're approving it. Simply, the harms outweighed by the benefits to, to the community. Yes. And it is sustainable. In accordance with the MPPF. No, well, I think Councillor Fairhurst is the proposer, and I think oh, what sorry. he said, and what he says is fine. <laughs> could I have, could I have a second to Councillor Fairhurst's proposal, please? Thank you, Councillor Lachlan. So there are three standard conditions, um, uh, which is approval of the details of access, layout, scale, landscaping and appearance, uh, hereby called the reserved matters, uh, must be obtained by the local planning authority in writing before development commences, um, and the development must be carried out as approved. Uh, second condition is application, uh, application for approval of the reserve matters must be made to local planning authority uh, no later than three years from the date of the permission. Um, all of the dwellings approved by this permission shall be built to category two um, accessibility and adaptable dwellings M4 of the building regulations um, uh, legislation and then there's one uh, condition in regard to ecology for the submission of mitigation and enhancement measures. Sorry, can I ask include a, a condition on landscaping? We were told we could maybe preserve it. Um, the, the landscaping is what you're approving is outline planning permission and one of the key one of the key reserve matters would be landscaping. So that's what Chris has just said in terms of so that's already covered. Councillor Stora. Thank you, Chair. It's a pedantic point on the third condition. Uh, I think it said, started off with all the buildings proved by this. We're talking about one. Yeah. Can we change that? Yeah. Building. Yeah. Thank you. That was reading. That, sorry, that was reading verbatim what the standard condition says. It probably says building. Open bracket S, close bracket. So yeah, yeah. Be one building. Thank you. So okay. So I'm reckoning. So can I take a vote then on recommending for approval with the conditions as such? Um, can I take a vote on that, please? All those in favour. Thank you. Thank you. Can I take um, and all those against? Thank you. 
did. Are there any abstentions? No. Madam Chairman, could I propose we take a five-minute recess? Yes, that's a good idea. Thank you. Thank you. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Sit down again, start, get started.
Okay. All right. He's finished looking at his parcel. Um, thank you. Uh, UTT 183293 at Branksome and White Ditch Lane in Newport. Thank you, Mr. Mills. Thank you, Chair. The site is located off White Ditch Lane in Newport and contains a detached bungalow and its grounds. The application is for planning permission to demolish the existing bungalow and erect two dwellings and associated garages. It represents a revised scheme to that approved in May 2016, which included the reuse of the existing bungalow rather than its replacement. That permission has since expired. The scheme includes a traditional design approach and materials palette. For the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that planning permission be granted. Okay, thank you. We have three speakers, um, Councillor Hargreaves, um, Judy Emanuel and Mr. Bampton. Well, Sylvie, take. Yes, by all means, that's fine. Yes, thank you. Just to remind you, you have three minutes. Thank Hello. you. Hello. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Judy Emanuel. I'm Vice Chair of Newport Parish Council. In 2011, there were 974 houses in Newport. Since then, a further 526 dwellings have been approved across 43 separate developments. That's a 54% increase. A further 224 are currently at appeal, with another 24 expected shortly on Berrywater Lane. The area of this application, White Ditch and Berrywater Lanes, have taken 293 of these approvals across an extraordinary 25 different applications. Development, sorry. All of these properties access the main road via Berrywater Lane, which goes through the middle of Joyce Franklin Academy. White Ditch Lane is a single track and Berrywater Lane is barely any wider and re requires a voluntary one-way system at school times to prevent gridlock. Recent development in Newport, and particularly White Ditch Lane, Berrywater Lane, is a case study of planning failure. It was acknowledged by the previous planning committee that if the applications had been sub submitted in one go for White Ditch Lane, that they would not have been approved. What was a byway with 12 large houses now has permission for a further 77 properties across 16 developments, making a total of 89. The latest application for the lane was turned down by UDC, but has been overturned in the past months by the planning inspector. Every application, whether at LPA level or at appeal, has been assessed in isolation, and it's evident from the inspector's comments on Charlotte's Meadow, which is the recent appeal, that cumulative impact is still not being considered. Small developments are not subject to the same rigour during planning assessment as larger developments, so there are no transport assessments, no cumulative impact assessments for uh, applications under 10. It's now apparent that approving multiple small developments in succession can very quickly become a significant problem. I think that this is in part a failure of national planning policy as it contains no specific mechanism for dealing with cumulative impact of multiple small developments. However, in recent communications with the Minister for Local Growth, Jake Berry MP stated that, insofar as this is a material factor, a local planning authority can consider the cumulative impact of development in reaching its decision on a planning application. 
Similarly, it can consider whether granting planning permission would create future pressures for further development, which taken as a whole would be unacceptable in a particular location. There are three issues to consider. Number one, what local policy can be put in place to prevent further applications being approved in Newport, and particularly on White Ditch Lane and Barrier Water Lane, without an assessment of their cumulative impact? It's worth considering that there is currently no mechanism in place to prevent the same problems occurring elsewhere in the district. This isn't just about Newport. How can we draw a line to demonstrate that overdevelopment has occurred and that no more may be permitted? This must be robust and stand up to scrutiny at appeal. Until such a policy is in place, we at Newport Parish Council have proposed a moratorium on new applications until a. the appeals are determined the transport assessment is completed, which the Neighbourhood Plan team are paying for, Essex County Council refused to do so, and C, a mitigation plan is costed and agreed with Essex Highways. That's been agreed in principle uh, verbally with Essex Highways that they would be willing to do that. Until the transport assessment has been completed, which is due to commence this month, we cannot determine whether paragraph 109 of the MPPF applies, being Development should only be prevented or refused on highways grounds if there would be an unacceptable impact on highway safety or the residual cumulative impacts on the road network would be severe. Evidence is needed to support the required change in policy. The transport assessment will provide that. So three, what needs to happen to remediate the problems that have already been caused on the lane? Remember, White Ditch Lane remains a single track, dead-end byway with a double-blind bend, no pavements, street lighting, drainage or sewerage. No one at UDC or Essex County Council appears to have the remit or funding to be able to resolve this issue. We've been working on trying to resolve this for over a year and little has been achieved other than all, the par- all parties agreeing that it is a problem. I'm conscious I'm going to have this to is ask you to stop if you, in a moment, okay? I've got one, one sentence left. Okay, that's fine. I'm conscious this is a significant question and don't anticipate it to be determined today. However, with applications continuing to roll in rather relentlessly, we cannot afford a significant delay. This problem needs to be owned by UDC and solutions implemented soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, I am... going to ask for this application to be deferred and I will tell you why. Um, The previous application, uh, 2016, as we heard, that has expired. No work has been started. No renewal has been done. So that application is gone. So what we're looking at here is a new application for an additional house. so not replacing an existing permission, so we should be looking at it as it is now, as circumstances as they are now, and not as they were three and a half years ago. You've just heard the overwhelming scale of development, not just along White Dish Lane, but along Berrywater Lane and the whole village. And this idea that it's this application, just one more, just two more, just three more, just one more, just four more, all the to this one mores add up to an awful lot of one mores. And I'm sure you'll be aware the MPPF, both uh, section 109 and section uh, paragraph 180, says we should be looking at the cumulative effect of everything uh, which, which is going on. 
Now, we've already got a lot of highways problems in the centre of Newport now. A lot of this development is applications are not even built, not occupied. So we haven't, we're not seeing the proper scale of it yet. In order to address this, the Parish Council tried to get Essex Highways to do a proper cumulative survey. And they just said no. So um, I'm actually chair of the, the, the Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group. We've decided to do it for the steering group to pay for this. So we're getting professional assessment. That work uh, is starting uh, this month, which is the, the, the survey work at the junctions. The Neighbourhood Plan uh, team have got a detailed list of every planning application since 2011. Our record keeping is very good, so we know exactly how many houses there are going to be. So we have the information there. Uh, the terms of reference uh, of this survey is to establish whether or not there is any further scope for development on the west side of the village that would use the junctions with the B1383. There's more detail than that, but that obviously includes this application. So what we really want, please, is because no, no, no cumulative impact is being considered and we are required under the MPF to do so, uh, this be deferred for this professional report to be brought back for officers and, and, and if necessary, the committee to, to have a look at. Just a second thing, if you are still minded to approve this now, uh, on the landscaping and the, the design uh, at the roadside there, there's a request. It's actually on the website from a local resident. Uh, walking up and down there as a pedestrian is just a nightmare. Uh, it's everything there. Uh, it would be good to have a footway on the inside of that landscaping along White Ditch Lane. That is, there's precedent for doing that further down. That would make it nicer, it would make it safer, it looks to me like it would fit in. And secondly, maybe thirdly, back to landscaping conditions. The condition that's set in the, in the officer's report is just the generic paste-in condition. It doesn't say anything particular to this. You will recall from your site visit, you look across the road from that, those same generic conditions have resulted in a two metre high wooden fence with concrete poles all the way along the, the banking opposite. That used to be gorgeous, it used to be hawthorn, cow parsley. Um, it was nice, it was really nice. Uh, it looks like possibly the, the outside of an open prison, I think, now. So please, can we also specify on any landscaping that the landscaping be green, soft, not involving big fences. Uh, make it nice. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's not nice. The whole thing's not nice. Anyway, please, uh, a, def a deferral where we get the information. Uh, and also, you're going to hear about this again because there's, 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 more, there's many more applications coming. And there's application creep. Get five, come back for six. Uh, it, across the road, it was get 15, come back for 20. And each one is slipping through. No assessment. And I know this is only just a tiny, tiny thing. But at some point, we have to say enough, stop, have a look at this, make a decision and get a proper document, then we can decide is this going to be okay for the future or not. Thank you. Thank you. Can I open this up for... Oh, sorry, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Brampton. Mr. Brampton. No, eight minutes. You have eight minutes, Mr. Brampton. Thank you. 
Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, members of the committee. Um, I will try not to repeat the contents of the officer's report because I think it very accurately describes the sustainability of the scheme. Um, I will instead focus on the main point that's been raised, which is the Highways 1. Um, this scheme has been requested from Highways a £7,500 contribution, which is based on the 77 additional dwellings that have been added to White Ditch Lane, what would be its proportion of the costs of the works that they want to do to the scheme. Um, the applicant has confirmed that they are agreeable to this amount and we consider it a very reasonable way to offset any impact that might happen on the lane as a result of this. Um, in terms of the one dwelling that is effectively a net addition, um, that would result in equivalent of 0.5 peak hour movements. Um, therefore, any impact of it is likely to be very, very negligible um, and not severe in terms of the MPPF. Um, I would therefore suggest it's, it's not a refusal reason. Um, in terms of the principles of the site, as the officer's report notes, it's in a sustainable location on the edge of Newport, which is well served. Um, it is surrounded on all four sides by residential development. Um, for these reasons, I would encourage you to support the officer's recommendation. Um, I thank you for your time, and I look forward to listening to your discussions. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Gerard. Thank you, Chair. Please bear with me. There's rather a lot to go through. Um, could I first ask Mr Mills to just clarify on that map, on the plan you have. The two houses on the right, shaded grey, are those, do those have planning permission? Uh, yes, they do. So the reference number quoted there was the original reference number from an application that was submitted back in 2015. There was a subsequent revision to that scheme um, in 2018. So that was approved in July 2018 and will expire in July 2021. It's the usual three-year expiry. So yes, it's got plenty of time left to run. So there's two houses that have not yet been built and there's a current bungalow which will become two properties potentially to be built. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, specifically it's demolition of the bungalow and then erection of two new houses, but yes, that's correct, yeah. So, in effect, you will have four houses coming down that lane onto the junction of, of Wide Ditch Lane. Okay, all right, that's the first thing. Um, could I just uh, draw your attention to your report in terms of uh, page 54, paragraph C, 11.3, transport, um, there's a matter here where you say that um, it's considered that the proposal meets the sustainable transport objectives of policy Gen 1 and paragraph 103 of the MPPF. So are you saying that this is sustainable in terms of transport? That's what you're saying? I'm saying specifically that it complies with paragraph 103 of the MPPF, so, and that is about sustainable transport. Yeah, I okay. could read it out if you'd rather. No, so I just wanted to just clarify that. Okay, so, so when, when we come to highways, the highways um, matter, and highways matter 9.1, where they say no objections, subject to conditions of a payment of £7,600 towards a scheme to mitigate the effect of construction traffic. Now, first of all, Madam Chair, this, this is, as we saw this morning, this is a byway. Uh, it was a track. Essentially, it's still a track, but it's called a byway. Um, my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that it doesn't, does not come under the authority of the highways, Essex County Council Highways Authority to 
look after it, maintain it, and enforce anything on that. Am I correct or incorrect on that? It's not quite the case. It's, it's they, have a they have a responsibility that it is maintained as a byway, but obviously that's a lower grade, level, much more lower grade maintenance than a road would have. So they still have to ensure that it is maintained and kept open as a byway, which is sort of agreeing with what you've just said, but it's not quite saying they've got nothing to do with it. I'm trying to start off with some policy issues and then of course we'll go on to the reality of the nightmare that is White Ditch Lane. Um, we saw this morning that basically you have, an, uh, you have a, a situation where what was the most expensive road in, in Newport and which was a beautiful lane with eight houses is now um, something very, very different with the same access, with the same lane coming off um, Berrywater Lane, which itself has issues which we know about, having recently heard them, giving evidence in this room at the recent appeal for countryside properties along the way on Wickham Road. We know that there are transport issues. I, obviously, along with Councillor um, Hargreaves, on the Neighbourhood Plan Committee, and we have initiated the transport scheme. At the very least, I believe, at the very least, I believe, we should be waiting for the evidence to come from that assessment. Newport is, at the moment, it's, it's probably beyond saving, but we're certainly striving to not, not to make the situation any worse. And at the moment, I do not believe that White Ditch Lane is sustainable. I do not believe it's sustainable in any way. Um, but that is for the report which is being prepared to come out with, and that's just my personal opinion at the moment. However, that's for us to discuss in terms of sustainability. Um, you would have seen that uh, certainly um, Councillor Emmanuel mentioned the issue of cumulative impact. I do believe that this is an issue of cumulative impact, perhaps not entirely on its own, but certainly there is a, a serious issue here of what is currently happening along White Ditch Lane. I would like to refer, if I may, to a recent uh, letter received from our MP, actually, which enclosed the letter that uh, Councillor Emmanuel referred to in terms of the, the Ministry of Housing, Communities, Local Government. It's a letter from January where, again, I'll quote again, it's really important that the infrastructure demands of a development is a material consideration for planning applications and case officers will consider this on a case-by-case -case basis. Insofar as its material factor, a local planning authority can consider the cumulative impact of development in reaching its decision on a planning application. I think, I think this qualifies uh, in such a, um, a factor. I do think that the, that the cumulative impacts are very material. Um, I'm Looking forward to hearing what Councillor Storer has to say on this matter, because he knows a lot about these things and other members, but I'm inclined to propose that we refuse this application on that matter, on, on, on those grounds, but I'd, li I'd like to hear what others have to say first. Councillor Bagnall. Uh, would you like, Luke, Luke uh, Mr Mills, would you like to read out paragraph 103? Because I've just read it and I'm not sure it fits with what we've got in front of us. Okay, yeah, I'm certainly happy to. Okay, luckily it's not one of the longer ones. So, paragraph 103 of the MPPF states, the planning system should actively manage patterns of growth in support of these objectives. 
So it does follow on from another paragraph, um, a more general one. Um, it goes on to say, significant development should be focused on locations which are or can be made sustainable through limiting the need to travel and offering a genuine choice of transport modes. This can help to reduce congestion and emissions and improve air quality and public health. However, opportunities to maximise sustainable transport solutions will vary between urban and rural areas, and this should be taken into account in both plan making and decision making. Now, I don't think that sits comfortably with 11.3 in, in the report. So you're, you're suggesting it is, it is therefore considered that the proposal meets the sustainable transport objectives of policy Gen 1 and paragraph 1 and 3 of the MPPF. I don't, think, I don't see that at all. So having been down the site and we've all seen it and we've now heard the words from 103, paragraph 103, I don't think you can make that statement. I don't think, I personally would consider that it does the complete opposite to paragraph 103. Uh, so, I mean, that's absolutely fine. It's obviously in my judgment, in officer's judgment, it's yeah. been said that it, it does meet with that objective, um, and that's on the basis of it being within the current expanded, uh, compared with how it was, the current uh, built development limits of Newport, and so places yeah, in Newport are walkable, but of course, you're fully entitled to take a different opinion on that. I think, yeah, so I think it's the, the alternate modes of transport and as Councillor Gerard picked up the point about 11.3 and Para 103, I think it's important to, to highlight that there are serious safety issues along that very small lane, which is a, a byway. I've never seen that many houses on a byway. Um, and it's clearly overdevelopment of, of that area, I would suggest. I would argue as well that the proposal... Uh, for these two is overdevelopment of that site as well given that we've got two approved already uh, and I think I'd be minded to support the refusal of this one because I think it's, it's just too much for that, for that area. Uh, I would argue that we've already gone past it's too much for that area but we can't change what's already gone before but we can certainly stop making it worse. I, I would suggest you can start changing things because this means it starts going backwards because I'm not sure if this was counted as the, the one additional amongst what uh, Judy Emanuel said in terms of the parish, but this technically could be knocking numbers off in terms of going forward. And so, so it, it take one off. I'm not saying, but then don't forget, ones have been added. That's how things are. We've had chunks of 15 all the way through. So this is really, really tough moving forward in terms of it. And I think it's the concentration of where we go rather than where we've been. In, in, and, I think that's, and I think that's the spirit in which Councillor Gerard started his, his speech, to be honest. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I just happen to have my trustee MPPF in front of me here, which says, um, talking about sustainable transport, uh, the environmental impacts of traffic and transport infrastructure can be identified, assessed and taken into account, including appropriate opportunities for avoiding and mitigating any adverse effects and for net environmental gains and patterns of movement, streets, parking and other transport considerations are integral to the design of schemes and contribute to making high quality places. 
So I would suggest that White Ditch Lane hasn't improved or contributed to making high quality places in any way at all. And it is actually contrary to uh, the MPPF. I don't want a round of applause, I'm just... <laughs> 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 Councillor Gerard, did you want to? Yeah, um, I, th I think that what we haven't mentioned is, is, is what happens coming, what happens at the moment. You know, we do have a safety issue, and it's not just on White Ditch Lane; it's, it's on Berrywater Lane as well. And, and the daily routine, and we experienced it this morning when we couldn't actually get into the road because the trucks were coming out. Um, and th there are, there are in, I think there are safety issues and I believe that on, 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 high, on highway safety alone and it's, very, it's not dissimilar to the, the matter that was before us regarding the, the 24 houses on Berrywater Lane for Joyce Franklin Academy it's not, not, it's not dissimilar in terms of the safety issues um, I do believe that there, there is it's fundamental safety issues with regards to uh, the development, the proposal itself, and, the, and the, all the developments of White Ditch Lane and Berrywater Lane, and the fact that we, we, we do have Joyce Franklin Academy that crosses over, that is on two parts of Berrywater Lane, and there's frequent crossing over of students, and we know that that is, uh, we know for a fact that is dangerous. Now, we do have the, the um, cumulative impact, the, 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 the transport assessment that's, that's been commissioned by the uh, Newport Quendon Rickling uh, Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group is about to be underway and will be with us soon. However, I feel that this, I, I feel that this still warrants, uh, this application should be refused. As I said, as a minimum it should be deferred, but I do believe it has grounds for refusal on highways, grounds alone. If I may propose that, Mr. Brown? Yes? Well, um, this is unique. And I mean, I think this is, this is quite unique. And I think seeing the new members of the planning committee's faces today just indicated, and it was quite timely that this was the first one you came on. Um, I can guarantee that this would likely be allowed on appeal. And that's part of the problem we've got. Although um, cumulative impact was not the reason why Charlotte Meadow was refused. Charlotte Meadow was refused because of countryside issues, because I talked to you to that level. Um, I will warn you that if you do have a highway refusal reason, like I always do, and you, you guys will get used to this, that if you have a highway refusal reason, it's extremely dangerous. It, it could result in a cost application. Um, and it's very difficult to defend because of issues around, um, at this very moment in time, we have no evidence. All we have is a, a recommendation of approval. You should also be mindful that if this was allowed on appeal, the amount of money that was going to be contributed was likely to fall away because... To be honest with you, it's potentially not seal compliant in terms of being proportionate to the development. Um, I don't think it was illegal in terms of accepting that as, as, as moving forward. Um, but moving all forward in terms of an appeal, once the appeal process goes through the process, and if it's considered on the cumulative impact issue, which is quite primary of what you're saying, um, then whether this would be successful, I still don't know. We also need to be mindful of the fact that we are, and I'm looking at the Parish Council now, we are, now, we're beyond, now we are beyond the election period. We do need to sort out that meeting with developers in terms of moving forward, in terms of the project, in terms of 
sorting out the mess that is White Ditch Lane that's been caused by way of construction. But what shouldn't be lost is the whole character of, of White Ditch Lane has been. Because of the system, I don't think any particular individuals to blame. It's the system that has resulted in the situation where we are. So although I would advise you against refusing things on highway grounds, I think I know where this is going. But I would stress the issue about cumulative impact. Deferring it... Um, for a reason, because there is a cumulative study uh, coming out from the, would be very, very dangerous, because that is not a reason to defer it. Members need to make a decision based upon it is. Fortunately, once we get to appeal, that cumulative impact may be out, come out of the system and we'll be able to look at it. So uh, I, I think this is pretty unique. I don't think we're open to a cost application, but I, I don't think it's particularly... If you're going to do it now, do it now. I, I, thank you very much for that. I hear what you say. However, I, I do wish to propose that we refuse this application on highways grounds. I hear what, notwithstanding what you said, and, and on cumulative uh, impact. That's pure Gen 1 stuff with the community mentioned within that. Correct. Um, absolutely. And we'll also have to put in the MPPF paragraphs as well. Well, well, what I do, it, it goes across a number of paragraphs, so it would just reference the NPPF as a whole, um, but also specifically, is it highway safety cumulative impacts, or is it broader than that? It's, it's, it's broader than that. I mean, highway safety is one element, but it's much broader than that. Certainly, Councillor Hargreaves mentioned um, NPPF 108, I believe, 109, and, and that, specifically that one. Um, I think, you know, but that there, there is obviously there is others there too, but I think that 109 is the main one. Yeah. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. Um, it's rather like the business of boiling a frog. I've never tried to boil a frog, but I'm told that if you put it into hot water, it jumps out. If you put it into cold water and warm it up, uh, you'll get away with boiling the frog. And that's precisely what's happened here. And the reason why it's happened here is because we don't have a thing called a master plan. A master plan seemed to be anathema to Uttersford, but a master plan on White Ditch Lane could have sorted this some way or another. But anyway, we are where we are. So I'm certainly mindful of refusing this application, and I think that rather than argue with highways, because it's nothing to do with highways, it's a byway. Byways are people that walk, places that people walk along, and they ride horses along them. It's nothing to do with highways. Uh, and highways are very conveniently saying it's nothing to do with highways because they refuse to actually have anything to do with this. Probably take some money, but they certainly won't actually do anything with it as a road. So I suggest that the reasons for refusal come out to other things, like, for example, air quality. Inarguable, possibly. Congestion. Look, there's lots of houses there. Some of them will have children. It's a classic sort of lane where... in theory, you could send your kids off to school. They could walk to school and they could walk back again. But in fact, that's never going to happen because it's just far too dangerous. Because basically, anything with wheels on it has precedent on that lane. And so what will happen is every single one of those houses with children will put them in their four tracks and drive them to and from school, thereby adding to the general misery of the lane. Time to say no, just stop. By the time it gets to appeal, the law may well have changed. Things change. Let's just turn it down now. Do, do we not have a policy around overdevelopment of the site as well? 
No, I mean, is, is that from a um, is that adverse not? effect on the character of the area kind of point of view? Is that what you're thinking of? No, no, it's overdevelopment of the, yeah. of the area. Is that not a, a planning reason for refusal? If you're, no. if you're talking overdevelopment of what is basically what you've got in front of you there in terms of the development for for development. That is relatively low density development, so to actually claim that that is overdevelopment, both got sizable gardens, it I'm is a reason for... I'm looking at the wider area as well. Yeah, sure. so, so in terms of like housing density, if that's yeah. perhaps what you're talking about, no, there isn't a policy that we have okay. on that. Um, so, but I mean, we do have policies on that refer to being compatible with the character and appearance of the area and things, so if it was from that perspective, there would be policies you could use, but there's nothing okay. specifically on density. It, as a, as an, an applicator, it just feels wrong, but that's not a planning reason. Yeah. So we need a planning it's, reason. All I'm going to say is, I mean, you're talking about cumulative impact. Again, someone said it's, it isn't all about highways, and I think Councillor Freeman is right. It's not all about highways. Please don't go down the air quality route because that, that can cause, can cause <laughs> problems. Um, cumulative impact in terms of highway safety issues, but there's a cumulative impact in terms of the character of the area. You picked up a point whereby, earlier on in this discussion, whereby the, the, the move towards sustainable development, it's sustainable, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't walk along that road. At the moment, it's because there's lots of construction traffic. But will that change when you've got all those houses that have been lived in by people? Well, you know, it's just the level of traffic you're dodging is going to be different. And so, so, so maybe the only way I could say is community of impact in terms of the environment as well as in terms of... In terms of, yeah. in terms of Clear. It's on, on Gen 1 and cumulative impact. Yeah, but cumulative impact, not just highways. Correct. In the absolutely, absolutely. Councillor Fairhurst. Which would include an S7 method. Happy to second that. Well, I'm, I'm anxious here that I don't want to make a refusal note and refusal reason up on the hoof. And so we could, as a result of this, you've res if, if you resolve to refuse this matter for those key messages that we bring that refusal reason back to committee to, to own um, because it's absolutely critical because otherwise we're going to go away and try to knock one together. Uh, we would, and we usually do a good job, I should add, but the I'm, fact I'm, is this I'm is what... <laughs> for us to do that, yes. Councillor Stora. Thank you, Chair. In answer to Councillor Gerrard's question to me, I'm, I've made a few notes, but I'm very mindful of what Mr. Brown has said, and I, I concur. I have a couple of questions for you. When do you expect this study to be produced? And forgive me if I've missed it, but is there anything in it, anything in the terms of reference, that might give us something substantial? in terms of a, a reason for refusal, because I am so very conscious and agree with what Mr. Brown has been um, talking about, what, has been, what his concerns are, because I share them. Thank you. I'm very happy to read them out. Um, the objective of the Newport Neighbourhood Plan traffic modelling uh, that's been given to Mr. Bamber is to establish whether or not there's further scope for development on the west side of the village that would use junction with B1383. Uh, the data recording would be peak hour traffic surveys on a neutral day on the B1383 junctions with Berrywater Lane, uh, 
Church Street, Elephant Green, Wickham Road and Franbury Lane. Berrywater Lane obviously comes off White Ditch Lane. There's detailed modelling details here on the, on, 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 the, on the spec and there's a detailed analysis of other factors on the spec. Happy to submit this to the Chair if you wish, but that is a formal request by the Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group. My understanding through Councillor Hargreaves and Mr Bamber is that we'll start this month, June, and we believe that it will finish quite quickly. I think he's on a quite tight schedule, isn't he? May I ask the Councillor Hargreaves, please? please? Have we got approximate timetable, Neil? Sorry, could I suggest that this is, I mean, members will need to make a decision on this one, but of me bringing back a refusal reason, two, three things. Bring back the refusal reasons for members to agree. And I can do that in consultation with members in between. Secondly, I can give an update on the planned meeting that we'll be going to have with the parish council and developers. That is literally sorting out the mess that the constructions have, have made moving forward and how that moves. That's a different issue to this planning application. And thirdly, we could have some sort of time frame in terms of where, where, the, where the cumulative impact study that's been carried out as well has been carried out. And Chairman, can I add a fourth issue in there, and that is the request by Newport Parish Council for a, a cumulative impact assessment and moratorium, which is a letter that's been submitted by Newport Parish Council. If that can be thrown into the mix, please, in terms of evidence. We're all content. Everybody's happy. Nobody wants to say anything else? No. Okay, so we've had a proposal... To, and a seconder to refuse. Therefore, now let me get this right. To refuse. Is it what well, the conditions? Can you tell me? Can yeah, you read the conditions regarding, for me? Regarding Gen 1 and S7 and the cumulative impact, both in terms of highways and in terms of the environment. Council Lockland yes, looking. Yeah. Are you okay, Councillor Lock? Yeah, I think we're, what we're trying to say is the cumulative impact is not is mainly highways, but it, it's also created an environmental cumulative impact as well. So we're voting for, um, for the proposal to refuse. Um, thanks. Sorry, I was just getting my head together on that one there to say they get the right words. So could I shut? Um, could all those in favour of the proposal 
Could you vote, please? Show of hands, please. unanimous. Thank you. Moving on, um, UTT 172100 FUL at Bullocks Farm, Bullocks Lane, Great Canfield. Thank you, Chair. We've got to fit the giggles over there. <laughs> um, yes, this site is in Great Canfield and not Takeley. Uh, my apologies, it comes out the site address on the front of the file as being Takeley, but when you check the constraint sheet does say it's Great Canfield, uh, so any apologies for any confusion there. Um, <coughs> sorry. So this um, site relates to um, Bullock's Farm, 
in Great Canfield. Um, previously, planning permission was granted for um, the demolition of the existing buildings and the um, erection of new holiday lets, a cafe shop and cookery school and offices. These two buildings were to be holiday lets. This was to be the cookery school and offices, and this, um, and I believe, a bit of holiday let in there as well. And this was to be the um, deli and cafe. Um, now, this application isn't looking to um, revisit the proposal as a whole, but what they want to do is to now construct this out in a phased way. Um, rather than do the whole development at once. And Condition 8 required, um, prior to the occupation of the development, required all of the car parking to be provided as um, set out on the approved plan. Sorry, excuse me. Um, so because they want to do it in a phased way, they now want to uh, remove the condition um, so that they can do the parking for each phase. So they build phase one, which is the orange building here, um, they would provide the car parking associated with that, which in this instance is the orange parking spaces here. Um, we've got no objections in principle to that. Highways um, were happy with the proposal, subject to there being an informative, um, saying that each phase has to deliver its own parking. Um, however, I have come up with a suggested condition if you feel that that's more appropriate. Um, along the word lines of um, prior to the first use of occupation of any phase of the development hereby permitted, the parking spaces associated with that phase shall be laid out and surfaced in accordance with the drawing number. I couldn't be the drawing number, so um, but just needs to be filled in. So the application is recommended for approval, um, and you may wish to consider adding this condition. Proposed supports for approval. Yeah. Subject to the condition, I second. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you. Anybody else like to say anything? No? Okay. Um, therefore, um, I'd like to uh, accept that. No. Vote. Sorry, I accept. I don't say. Uh, yeah. I'd like to, all those in favour would like to vote. It's unanimous as well. Thank you. <coughs> Do I say thank you? <coughs> I'm Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, this is UTC 183518. FUL Holroyd Components at Shire Hill on the Indust Shire Hill Industrial Estate in Saffron Walden. Thank you. Thank you. The site is located on the Shire Hill Industrial Estate in Saffron Walden. On this plan, Thaxted Road is down here, so we're quite a way into the industrial estate. A whole Royd component industrial building covers the majority of the site. It's shown here. Madam, 
Madam Chair, I must declare an interest. They sponsored me as a mayor, so I won't be taking part. I'll remove myself from the room. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'll start that one again. A whole road components industrial building covers the majority of the site, shown here. Uh, with a separate factory and office building at the eastern end. So that's this one. Here's some photos. So that's the smaller building there. The application is for planning permission to demolish that smaller building and extend the larger one. So here's the proposed site plan, extension of the industrial building here. And here are the elevations. So this here is the extension shown from the front. So it follows the established design principles. This one in the bottom left is the side elevation and in the bottom right, the rear. For the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that planning permission be granted. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. The Town Council was perfectly happy with this. I would propose that we uh, grant consent. Yeah, I, I'd second that. <clears throat> One small concern would be parking, but I certainly second it. Thank you very much, Councillor Lemon. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. I'd just like to ask a question because I know that the parking situation isn't great and we're going to put six more uh, parking spaces whatever you call them, onto the road. And I'm just wondering, is there public transport to this site? Because uh, there are some concerns, and I don't know it myself, so I'm just wondering uh, whether there are any uh, buses there, because uh, otherwise I can see that could be a problem, even if it's only six. So, I mean, I don't think there are any buses that stop right there at the site. Um, I mean, the Harmony Authority has gone into this in their comments at um, paragraph 9.1. I think it's mainly its location within the town that justifies some use of public transport and walking and or cycling, that kind of thing, is generally being a good location for sustainable transport purposes. But no, it's not like it has a, a bus stop right outside of it that would be regularly used. You're saying there isn't any public transport to the workplace, so you'd have to go by car, would you? Well, certainly a combination would be possible. That is in, I don't have a plan showing the nearest bus stop, but certainly a bus could be used to get near and then a short walk to the, to the site. It's, you know, it's fairly central in South of Walden. Um, it's, there are a number of options, I would suggest, but that's, that's my opinion on the basis of what highways have said as well. If I may, having lived on Thaxted Road, just so you know, Councillor Lachlan, just so you know, Councillor Lachlan, oh, having lived on Thaxted Road, which is where Shire Hill is off, there, are, there is a bus service that goes up, up Thaxted Road that stops not far from the junction with the road that accesses Shire Hill, but the buses don't go up into Shire Hill. So th th there are buses that will stop on Thaxted Road, and it would be then a walk up Shire Hill. It's uphill. That's long to me. <laughs> yeah, well, 20 years ago that wouldn't have been a long walk. Today I would find that a long walk. You're not going to. 
Sorry, I can't, my brain's going here. Did we have a proposal? Was that Councillor Freeman proposed? You did, didn't you? Yes, you did. And Councillor Lemon. Councillor Lemon, sorry. Um, therefore, um, we vote to. We had a second. Yes, we did. Yes. Um, sorry, brain. Um, uh, to take that to a vote to. Um, those in favour? Yes. I'll get it right, don't worry. Yeah. Those against? Abstention? Alan? I don't think he heard. <laughs> which, was, which was that for? Those in favour, thank you. Okay, um, UTT 1906, sorry, yeah, 0673 HHF, 20 Mill Close in Elsinham. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. This application really is in Elsinham. We haven't made a mistake this time. Um, so this is 20 Mill Close in Elsinham. It's a semi-detached house, and they want a wraparound um, single-storey extension that's going to look like that. There are no objections to the proposal and it's recommended for approval. Councillor Fairhurst. Make recommend to propose. Approval. Councillor Lemon. Thank you. It's already been seconded. Sorry. 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 I know, I'm, I've got, I think I need to get a bigger, smaller screen or a bigger seat. Or <laughs> <laughs> grow. Um, so we, can we take a vote on that, please, for, for, for approval? Thank you. It's uh, unanimous again, isn't it? Thank you. Sorry, Madam Chairman, can I just ask a question? Why did this come to committee? So it's, the, um, it's the parents of a member of staff. Okay. And if I could assist also, the applicant herself also used to work here. Thank you, Chairman. Um, this is a planning application that four of you may have remembered from the five of you may have remembered from the last planning committee um, members re recommended approval it was for a yeah it was for a new dwelling in this location here that that's where a dwelling was originally approved and the applicant um, because the applicant was a member of staff was the only reason why it was that planning committee in the first place um, the proposal was for a smaller dwelling to the one that was previously approved on the site um, it has come to light after we issued the decision notice that we had failed to tell the right neighbours. Bearing in mind the amount of 
applications we have in the mayor's and nobody notifications is not a bad return but in this particular one something quirky happened which means we told the wrong neighbours we told neighbours actually in Faxted rather than in this location so as a result of that the, the, the decision is somewhat unsafe so therefore we decided although the decision has been issued and the development is coming out of the ground uh, we consulted and because quite legitimately because I have planning permission we haven't revoked permission they discharged the necessary conditions and the development is carrying out at their own at their own risk or potentially at the council's own risk should matters go wrong. What has now happened is that we have consulted the residents. At the time of writing the report, we had not received any objections. We have now received an objection, ironically by the person who's selling the plot to the individual who sold the plot to the person who's bought the plot. Um, the issue relates to uh, roof lights on the site. The development is arising and they are of the feeling that the roof light overlooks them to the neighbour. I'm not asking members to make a decision now, so actually I want to pull this from the meeting because what's happened since that objection has been received, the agent and the applicant have been in discussions with the neighbour to actually make a, a they have to make a non-material amendment to the proposal because, you know, you can't actually put a condition. Normally, you could just put a condition on, but you can't because the decision's already been raised. So we're going to have a non-material amendment submitted, but that's going to be in conjunction with speaking to the neighbour as well. So that's an update. So this will come back to you just to clarify the situation afterwards. Councillor Gerard. Just to let you know that I've been contacted by the owner of the property next door, number 27, yeah. Uh, Mrs. Shizuka Ito, just to clarify that she has not received any communication from UDC regarding uh, uh, any sort of consultation. 27 isn't next door. Ah. So the two people that we would have notified would have been number 25 and number 23 who directly adjoined the site from that particular plight. So we would have notified those two properties that directly adjoined the site. Um, Normally, as a planning application, we may have spread the word net a bit further, but the people that we actually need to legally notify are those that generally abut the site, which is 25 and 23, because they are actually affected by the proposal. And so, but there is an issue that I think number 25 has raised that, we've been, that the applicant is addressing directly with them, so there will be an omitter amendment, and I'll give you an update, hopefully next committee, uh, just to clarify that particular issue. So I'm not asking members to vote on this particular issue at this moment in time. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I'd like to close the meeting. Thank you.